Welcome to The Save Room, your safe haven for gaming news and discussion. My name's Kevin. My name's Daniel. And this is episode 113. Yep. Small round of Just applause. a number that comes <laughs> after another number and mm-hmm. before another number. It's crazy. Listen, I think if we keep up with this momentum, we got a forward march to 114. I think that's going to happen next. Did we do anything for episode 100? I think not. <laughs> I think not. <laughs> no. Right? Didn't we do it live or something? That was our oh like God. four-year anniversary episode. Nice. Yeah. Nice. I don't think it lined up with 100. Yeah. Well, I don't remember at all. Probably doesn't matter. Well, now, now I'm now curious. You're bothered by Actually, it. yeah. Now it's going to be like one of those things where it's yeah. like a nagging thought. Like somebody mm. says something to you at a dinner party and you think about it all the way on the drive home and then you lie awake at night thinking about it and you're like, what was episode 100? What was that one? What is something that somebody says to you that you <laughs> think about all night? Actually, I'm more intrigued by that than whether or not we did anything. Actually, special for no, 100. you're right. Episode 100 somehow was our yeah. four year anniversary. How do we do that? Uh, we just delayed it. Or maybe we delayed time. Maybe. Or maybe we're podcasting tacticians and we knew 100 was going right. to be the one. So. Well, I really want to know, what has somebody said to you at a party that you were like <laughs> thinking about so hard? It's been a while since I've, I've been to a party, yeah. so like, I'd, I'd have to really dig for it. And is is it, it like that Lewis uh, Black joke where it's like, if it weren't for my horse, I wouldn't have done those two years of college? Is it like that joke? No. Okay, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think that joke applies here. It's something that he overheard yeah. and he was bewildered because it didn't make any sense. Didn't make any sense. If it weren't for my horse, I wouldn't have stayed in college for two more years. What could that even mean? What could that even mean? What does that mean? <laughs> what scenario? Like, were you going to veterinary school? And it, it was like two years of college that you needed to complete to save your horse? To save your horse, yeah. right. Yeah. How to save a horse. Needs to become a doctor to yeah. save my horse. There we well, go. Well, anyway, speaking of saving our horses, we got our second doses of Moderna. We sure did. <laughs> we we did. sure did. Uh, I didn't feel anything. No. Uh, you son of a bitch. You didn't yeah. feel a goddamn thing. You no. just like... You streamed for five mm-hmm. hours, probably drank a few beers, ate Taco Bell. You woke up the next day feeling spry. Yeah. 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 You can pretty much stick me with anything and I'll be all right. <laughs> I'll stick you with something next uh, time. Oh, yeah. We'll give you a third dose. Oh, good. We'll I'll, be, I'll just is. become more powerful, yeah. honestly. I did learn, however, today when I was taking a shower that the the kindly old man who put the, the Band-Aid on me mm-hmm. after he stuck me with mm-hmm. his needle of, of life juice, uh, he put the Band-Aid like just underneath the insertion point. So the Band-Aid was there as a cosmetic thing <laughs> yeah. and not actually over my wound. Just to remind you that you got yeah. something done yesterday. Yeah, well, what would happen was like he dropped the Band-Aid and he was like, oops. And then there's a sweet old lady who like checks you in too. Mm-hmm. And she was like, oh, let's figure something out with the Band-Aid. So you're not like, maybe I can prep them for you. So you're not worried about Band-Aids. And he's like, oh, you know what? That's a that's a good idea, Margaret. You're, do, you're really doing good work. And wow. I, was, I was like, this is sweet. And then he put the Band-Aid <laughs> in the wrong spot. <laughs> I didn't realize. It's fine. That's amazing. Yeah. But yeah, you said you had some uh, some weirdy side effects, huh? I did. How'd it go? Well, I thought to myself yesterday after I got that second vaccine, I'm like, I'll be fine. I could probably coast for like a few hours, eight hours until like a few hours. the onset starts to happen. So like I got my second vax. I went out with some friends, went to a Dave and Buster's, which is, I thought was a long gone relic of, of, of yesteryear. Yeah. And still as it was before. I thought Dave went bust. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I was sanitizing after every situation, though. Like, I touched, okay. a, touched a Mario Kart wheel. So so sticky, so gross. Oh, what'd you play? 
I played a lot of stuff. Oh, yeah? Yeah, so I played the Mario Kart, like, DX, like, racer game that they oh, had. Oh, yeah, I've done it, yeah, it's fine. Um, they had a ter- Terminator Salvation game. Like a Salvation? Game. Yeah, and then they had an <laughs> Alien game right next to it that I was actually going to send you a picture of. You didn't. Um, and then I played I probably it. played it, though. I did, yeah. I, I probably played it, actually. Okay, I, yeah. I, whatever Alien game it is. And then I played that Jurassic Park game that you and I played yes. when we won a few years back. Right, the newer one mm-hmm. that's like, um, like in the you go inside a thing and then mm-hmm. you hold on to a fucking Gatling gun yeah. and shoot at dinosaurs. Yeah, I felt they, so fucking they deserve powerful. nothing but death. Yeah, yeah, yeah I was yeah. like, die raptor, die, die raptors. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, really great. why I wanted to get my vaccine so I could scream die raptor in front of a group of five year olds celebrating right their birthday. Yeah. Right on, right so, on. So like, <laughs> I went through all that. Were people but, wearing masks in there, by the way? Oh uh, yeah, 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 they they were, but I, okay. Some people were just kind of like fucking off with it. Where it's like, oh, I'm just gonna walk around and drink my fucking seven dollar. Uh, Long Island. Actually, that was me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Um, Must have had mirrors in there. But it reminded me some about like how public spaces are really stuffy and gross. Yes. I was like, oh my god, it's so hot. Oh my god, there's so many people. And I don't know if it's like maybe like being inside for all this time and like just thinking about like the passage of germs and and everything that I've become a little agoraphobic. Where mm. it's like I don't want to be near people like that anymore. Um, I could see that. But yeah, so I, I went out with some friends, did that, and then when I came home, I was like, all right, I'm still not really feeling anything, so like, I laid down, chilled out, watched like three episodes of The Boys, and then around midnight, like, I got up to turn my fan on, and it was on for like no less than like three seconds before I got really severe chills, hmm. and like, I could not stop shaking for like 15 minutes, and then Whoa. like, I had like kind of a, like a mild fever that Whoa. was just like rocking me through the night. I actually didn't sleep until like 3.30. Um, and I had like, I felt like just the worst, like sores too. And then when I woke up, I felt like I got ran over by like a small train, maybe like a two car train. It's a little one. Yeah. A little tiny one, <laughs> yeah. right? No, no, nothing too crazy. Yeah. <laughs> a, a train that's just carrying like pillows, like right. nothing too heavy. Yeah. How fast was it going? Probably going about like 60 miles per hour to, fast. um, Delaware. Delaware. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Home of people. <laughs> Home of people. Um, so I woke up this morning also still feeling sore and I was like, God damn, like I, I didn't feel like sick sick otherwise i just felt like body sore and a lot of people warned me about that they're like yeah you're gonna feel like you got hit by a fucking truck and no lie on that one um but i took a nap this is something i I don't often do where like i was just so exhausted because i slept for like five hours and i told you i was like hey i'm gonna nap for two hours and we'll we'll record around like four or so yeah you conked out (laughs) yeah that's all right man i had to you gotta do what you gotta do man you didn't sleep last night yeah your eyes are hurting You're you're out here having a fever. You're rocking this uh, the, this this COVID vaccine. Mm-hmm. It was attacking your body. It was uh, like I imagine fucking Doctor Robotnik's mean bean machine was happening inside of you, right? And somebody was trying to figure out what pill does what. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Or bean. Yeah, they're beans. Let's not confuse it with Doctor Mario. Yeah, I was gonna say Doctor Mario would have been maybe a better analogy for that. We have Sonic news. That's today, true. So I That's didn't true. want to go down the route of Mario. Mm-hmm. You know? Like that it just feels disrespectful. That's true. Well, you know? I guess I guess you're right. Yeah. So Sonic mm-hmm. and Robotnik and Sawman. I think that's one of uh Robotnik's henchmen. Sawman. Sawman. Yeah. Sawman! <laughs> or drill bit. Uh they were just wreaking havoc on me. So yeah, but I'm feeling a little better now. I we just gotta ride out the next two weeks. Yeah. Until we hit maximum proficiency level and uh, That's what it is. Then I'm gonna go to a movie theater probably for the first time. You go to a movie theater? Yeah. I hear they suck now. I Why? hear Um so Somebody on my timeline uh, talked about they went to the movie theater for the first time and they were just like, well, the lighting is overly dim as if somebody's <laughs> like not paying attention to the projector mm-hmm. and the AC is off and it's weird and it's like, it doesn't look like it's been cleaned in here for a while. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you know what? I'm fine just watching movies at home uh, still. Mm. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I think that's going to be the case for like a lot of people where it's like, mm-hmm. I am okay as long as the movie is on HBO Max and yeah. it isn't Wonder Woman 1984, that I'd be okay yeah. to watch it from the comfort of my home. That's my two requirements. <laughs> that the movie's on HBO Max and is not Wonder Woman 1984. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see about movies. I, I think it has to be a big draw movie to bring me out again, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what that would be. Maybe Black Widow? Maybe Black Widow? Um, I think the next one that... W- and we don't even know when this is coming out, really. Mm. We have a ballpark year. Would be Spider-Man 3. Spider-Man 3. Yeah. yeah I heard that's November. Mm-hmm. Summer, late November. Yeah. So that's like a... That will get me in the seat of yeah. a no AC, no projection no AC light theater. <laughs> theater. Hot, sticky theater. Yeah. Germs. People talking. Just like a Dave and Buster's. <laughs> Fucking texting. Yeah. God. I can't wait to go back. Somebody to was it. tweeting about that, actually, uh, where they're like, oh, yeah, I hated the, the cursor experience of going to a theater and hearing people talk and joke and, like, tell each other, shut the fuck up. <laughs> like, yep. yeah. I don't miss that. It gives me anxiety. Yeah. Yeah. When people, like, do that thing where they're just, shut up! <laughs> mm-hmm. After, like, because people are, like, you know, getting out of hand. And I'm just like, I feel anxiety for both of you. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be the person that screams shut up at people in the theater. Because I don't think that's going to go the way you think it goes. Yeah. Right? I don't think people are going to be like, oh, okay, I see the folly of my ways. No, they're just going to get pissed off. Because that's how people work. Mm-hmm. Even if they're in the wrong and you tell them they're in the wrong, they get pissed off at you. Yeah. Because that is how it works. That's why I don't want to go back to theaters, Daniel. Point taken. I think it's especially worse with horror movies, too. I've had worse times, like, during Marvel movies. Oh, really? Than, like, horror movies mm-hmm. and stuff. Yeah. Horror movies, people are, like, tend to be pretty quiet after the first scare. <laughs> eh. Yeah, I, I remember when we saw Us, and, like, there was mm-hmm. just a group of jokers. That's right. Watch out! Don't go in there! That and just, like, shut the fuck up! That was shut pretty up. fucking miserable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like, it's like, why, why the cliche? Why, why, why do the thing where it's like, look out! Yeah. Like, don't talk, stop talking to the screen, goddammit. <laughs> exactly. It's not gonna talk back to no, you. No, not at all. What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> well, the prospect of us uh, going back to theaters is is very far away, but what what we got now uh, going on, we got a lot of news this week. Oh, yeah? What about, what's going on? There was, like, a news Everything okay? deluge. No, they dumped it on us. What? Who? All the companies. Which companies they, in particular? They took a hot shit of news on our chests. Wait, what type of company? Gaming companies. Fuck! <laughs> the worst! Not those cucks again! <laughs> it must be that season. Yeah, we're, we're what? what? What's today? It is May 29th? Mm-hmm. Oh, man. E3 is right around the corner. Yeah. Right around the corner. And we're, we're two weeks away from Jeff Keighley's Summer Game Fest. I hate that there's so many fucking events, honestly. Mm-hmm. It's like fucking just consolidate. Because he has like a two-hour event going on. He has a two-hour event, and then he does like pop-ups all summer. Where it's like, oh, gaming event coming to your leasing office. What is wrong with this guy? Jeff, come on, man. Right? <laughs> right? Anyway. Oh, well, well, yeah, we got plenty of news. But yeah. first, let me, guys, look, guys, let me tell you who we are. Please. We are The Save Room. The only podcast in the internet that's fully vaccinated. That is probably not true at all. Mm, <laughs> but no, it, it's, I don't it's think it's appropriate. It's yeah. apropos. Wait, 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 let me start over. <laughs> <laughs> no, no do-overs. Oh, fuck! Okay. All right. <laughs> anyway, you can find us on SoundCloud.com slash The Save Room Show. I always forget. It's show at the end of it, right? Yeah. Eh, whatever. And then Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and even Stitcher somehow. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm going to shut it down. I'm going to shut down that Stitcher. I've been fucking threatening it for the last, like, 15 episodes. We're going to do it. Well, you're going to have to disable the RSS feeds and then send a cease and desist, cease and desist to Stitcher. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. That makes sense. They're going to have to add an addendum to their uh, terms and service called the Save Room Clause. The Save Room Clause. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
The save room clause sounds like a product line that we should start. Yeah. <laughs> Is your cat too loud? <laughs> and you can also follow us on Twitch, me at twitch.tv slash the red herb. Every Friday I'm doing Devil May Fry. Have fun. It's about a devil and fries. And how they cry. And how they cry sometimes. Yeah. And then Daniel, you can follow over at Dungeons and Daniels at mm-hmm. twitch.tv. My God, back wow. in the, the hot seat. Although you didn't stream yesterday. No, I did not. Oh, I thought that there was an absence in the world. I told myself I was going to stream on Thursday because I took a four day weekend for this, like this vaccine. It was a vaccine vacation. Took four day weekend for the pandemic? What? (laughs) (laughs) I took a a four day uh, vaccine vacation and Mm. I told myself on Thursday, like, yeah, I'll stream for a bit. But then it was the thing where like I was just watching gaming stuff all day because that was like... Wednesday night, there was a bunch of stuff. Thursday morning, there was a Sonic event. Then the Horizon Zero Dawn State of Play showcase happened. Mm. And I'm just like, when am I going to stream? And then like 2 o'clock, 2.30 happened. And I was like, well, I got to get lunch. Then it was 3. And I'm like, maybe I'm not going to stream today. I just just talked myself out of it. I mean, yeah. streaming doesn't accommodate for for living, you know. That's why I try to like stack on as much mm-hmm. stuff when I'm streaming as possible. Like um, the other day, I was eating corn. Oh yeah, you, know, you were eating that sweet corn I made. I did a corn ASMR for uh, everyone out there yeah. uh, while I was playing Returnal. Um, That's definitely a breach of TOS. Is it really yeah. to be sucking down some corn like yeah. that? Just really gnashing, gnashing yeah. right into the microphone. <laughs> I don't know. People seem to dig it. They wanted more corn. Corn play. Corn play. (laughs) For all those freaks on a leash out there. (laughs) (laughs) It's all in the family now. But yeah, you just got to stack that all on, man. You know, Mm -hmm. sometimes I go poop when I'm streaming. Well, I want to. Not on stream, but you know, I poop. (laughs) Yeah. You do like a little skeleton BRB and you take a poop. Yeah, you press the BRB, walk over, do it. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I wanted to start Mass Effect 1 on stream that day. And I was like, oh, maybe I can pause and watch like the state of play situation. But like, because I'm native streaming through my console, I can't do the fun thing you do where I flip to a different camera. And I'm like, let's watch on my laptop and then we'll flip back to the game. Then we'll do reactions. Can't do that. So I had to pick a lane and my lane was to play Mass Effect offline. (laughs) So I started it. Made my character. Cool. Can, is that in that game? Can you like name? Yeah. Them. Mm-hmm. The first name. Mm-hmm. What's your name? Grimes. Grimes Shepherd is the name of my shepherd. Why have you done this? Um, because I wanted her to take space in the name of SpaceX and Elon Musk, um, and I also figured she'd be a bit of a space cop. So. Oh my god. Yeah. What? Well, yeah. I mean, that so, makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Uh. Wow. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that this was the case. Yeah. Okay. I was gonna tweet about it, but then I. Kind of forgot. That's why I didn't know. Yeah. I didn't know. Grimes Shepherd. Yeah, she's out there doing the work though. Fucking commander. We're out there finding <laughs> weird beacons, and we're killing Turians. Well, we never really. played part one, right? I, yeah, I never played oh. part one. Never played part and you, one. you think it's not janky and really good, right? So it's it's really hard <laughs> to tell because I feel like the the graphical up grade is like really nice in spots where it's like oh that's a really like great cutscene oh look at the yeah. details of the lighting here some of the lighting is not kind to some of the characters no. like who is it anderson yeah like the lighting for for some of like the the non-white characters is a little rough where it's like oh, okay huh yeah um and then there's you, some... think, you think bioware doesn't know how to light non-whites well i know they they that... probably know how to to light like dark elves but that's probably about it Okay, yeah. got it. <laughs> <laughs> so there, there's like some some cool graphical stuff going on with it. Um, the combat feels <laughs> like I, they're in Edmonton, so I don't know if that's uh, that contributes. We got to look at the demographics in Edmonton. Yeah, but it, I mean, it's it's cool to get into it because like I've never played the first one and just kind of getting into like the setup of the whole story and and meeting like Sauron and, and kind of seeing like how how that all kind of gets going and. 
I don't know. Like I'm I'm into it. It's oh. just like um boring to you. It's such a shift going from <laughs> Returnal where it's like a very gamey game yep. and this game is like here are all your dialogue options. Here's every you got to talk to everybody. You got to do everything. Yeah, you can talk to everyone. Yeah. It's an RPG. That that's my understanding too that this one is more like an RPG leaning Mass Effect whereas the other ones go a bit more action RPG yeah, and correct. kind of forgo RPG by the time correct. 3 comes This along. one is very much an RPG. So, yeah. but um yeah, I'm I'm digging the setup of it all so far. There's a photo mode, photo mode. They cool. added a photo mode. They did. That's yeah. fun. So okay. I got a, I got a few cool shots of my shepherd looking up at the the first reaper that we've ever seen. Um, yeah. The gameplay is a little like I know it's probably like light years better than it was in 2007. Yeah. But some of it still has that like PS3 era jank about it. Or I guess Xbox. Xbox Air, yeah. yeah. It didn't come out to PS3 like until Part 2 came out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like well after the fact. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the, the, cover, the cover mechanic is a little weird. Um, yeah. It does the thing where it's like you have to hold X to run, which I don't love. I'm excited. And you can't, like, from what I've <laughs> found so far, you can't remap the controls. Really? Yeah. What an interesting thing to not, like, add. Yeah, unless I'm, like, hmm. not looking in the right spot, but it should te- technically be under gameplay controls gameplay <laughs> control, controls control configurations could yeah. be something else yeah but yeah interested to see my, my shepherd across these three three games i don't know how i'm gonna do it if i'm gonna marathon them or if i'm gonna do one and then step away for a bit do two and then so on but yeah yeah i'll figure that out when i start those games because i wanted to, i wanted to play them in totality on stream because uh, that's what streamers do. They don't want to play games by themselves and enjoy them. Yeah. They want to uh, sit in a sweaty gamer chair mm-hmm. and read subs over a game. So yeah. that'd be fun. And scream about Godzuki. I love Godzuki. Yeah, that's all I heard through the walls Godzuki. last night. Just like, what the fuck is he Godzilla's about? son, audience, <laughs> if you didn't know, from the cartoon from the 60s slash 70s, I forget. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter. What matters is Godzuki. Some people will tell you that um, Manila... Or whatever the fuck that is, is his real son. Hmm. I think that's just lies. Toho untruths. <laughs> okay? Fair enough. It's Godzuki. Guys, let's get into this fucking yeah. episode, dude. Yeah, we got news galore. Let's speak some gaming truths about what happened this week. All right. Gaming truths. I'm, actually, what happened. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it because like, this is just like, it. this is the start of it. This it's is news. like It's just going to be drop after drop all through probably August. So Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, it makes me kind of interested like why they wanted to use like this week over just waiting for e3 or jeff Keeley's game jammery mm-hmm. like it's kind of interesting that they're like no we want to we want to get ahead of it it's it's like cheating almost mm-hmm. it's like showing up and being like hey let's get our first trailers out there for it but yeah. th- you know to be fair some of these are games that have already been revealed right true it's sure. fine but and I, I wouldn't be surprised if like starting june 10th when his games fest celebration kicks off that we get like more deep dives where it's like, oh, Jeff Keighley's got the hmm. super exclusive sneak peek on Dying Light, Dying Light 2 again. Sure. Yeah, or whatever. Dying Light again. Dying harder too. And I mean, he's definitely going to have some like exclusive shit for Sony because um, they're definitely going to be at Summer Games Fest. They said they're going to be at Summer Games yeah. Fest. That's interesting. Yeah, they were announced as one of many partners uh, for Games Fest amongst Ubisoft and uh, a few others. So. Yeah, I still expect them to do a state of play like mm-hmm. on their own to, to oh, for sure. announce their thing. I actually but. wouldn't be surprised if we got two state of plays. Two state of plays? Yeah, yeah. that makes sense. I, I mean, I haven't had one in a while too. But number one on here, Sonic the Hedgehog is celebrating his 30th anniversary by cursing us with new games. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Yay! So it's not, we got Sonic Colors Ultimate Edition, a remaster of the Wii game of the same name. I also think it's on th- on DS. Mm-hmm. It is coming to PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC on September 7th of this year. 
Now, if you don't know what the fuck Sonic Colors is, uh, and I didn't at all, uh, it apparently had some good reviews. Uh, one of the reviews by Nintendo Power circa December 2010 was that it's, quote, a fantastic game. Not just a step in the right direction, but an unequivocal success. In fact, it's the best entry in the series since the Blue Blur's 16-bit heyday. The game sits with a 78 on wow. Metacritic. This is this is a weird one for me because yeah. I, th- I feel like I'm living in a revis- revisionist history where like yeah. I remember reading a Game Informer review about Sonic Colors Fucking in my traffic. bathroom in 2010, back when they still did print media, and there there was a review for it, and it got a 7 out of 10. And I mean, the writer had some favorable points, but for the most part, like they were just not super like impressed by it. Yeah, and that kind of always stuck with me. I'm like, yeah, Sonic Colors sounds like it sucks, and I never played it, and that just kind of like stuck with me for the last. Like yeah, the, 11 years the 78 that it got it means that it's on the cusp of being well liked but not quite there mm-hmm. some of the other reviews that i was looking at one by destructoid called it a piece of crap yeah <laughs> i feel like uh sonic fans probably loved it but maybe critics were kind of like whatever about it uh yeah, yeah. One, one of the reviews called it awesome from the user side I'm not kidding. Amazing. I did my research on yeah. this. No, I'm glad. I'm glad. <laughs> well, beyond Sonic Colors, I'm very happy for the 12 people that recognize that title. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also have Sonic Origins. It's going to be a collection of Sonic's 2D games, including 1 through 3, and Knuckles, and Godzuki, <laughs> and Sonic CD. It's actually releasing in 2022. Uh, there's no word for which systems or even how the collection will be presented or whatnot but that's exciting this Mm -hmm. is like the 17th time that they re-release these fucking games i'm glad that it's happening again yeah every system that (laughs) exists there has been a sonic mega collection like i had one for ps2 i had one for gamecube yeah i had one for ps3 which is like a sega collection (laughs) um my hope for this one is obviously like trophy support for all the games and then sure uh widescreen for sonic one two three four. Oh right. yeah, yeah. You know what? That be so. Mania does that right? Yeah. Where it's widescreen support. Okay, that would be pretty dope. Yeah, because like the, the that touch the box like aspect ratio of like having like half like the sides of my screens blocked off. I granted like that's how it was back in the day, right? Yeah. Like we're all fucking hanging. But out. it's shit. Yeah. Exactly. And the past sucks, Zack Schneider. Don't do that. Yeah. Four three more like not for me. Yeah. <laughs> so, but I'm looking forward to it. that's my favorite kind of set of games right there. So. Yeah. Right on. Uh, Sonic Prime... I'm not going to be negative this time. Yeah, I know you're expecting it. I'm not going to be negative about Sonic. I'm just going to say, like, hey, it's exciting that people are excited. You know what I'm saying? So we got Sonic Prime, a 24-episode Netflix series where Sonic shops on Amazon. Mm. I, I actually don't know what this series is about, but it's like the sixth cartoon or whatever that they made based mm-hmm. on it. What happened to Boom? They just ended it? I have no Home idea. Boom? I, I don't keep up with the uh, the TV shows TV at show? all. Okay. I know there's a lot of them. <laughs> there's a lot of them. There's a lot of yeah. them. Uh, we also got a new Team Sonic game. is coming out next year. It is a title for both last gen and next gen. And a recent leak refers to the game as Sonic Rangers, mm. which... Uh, whatever <laughs> that that's as strong of a title as sonic forces to me. <laughs> uh and if you're curious roger craig smith is back to voice sonic after having parted ways with sega in january because mm-hmm. i guess they changed those plans because he also hosted the fucking stream so it was like yeah that was cool actually i i wonder what went down i wonder if it was just like a contract thing where he was like okay well i've just announced that uh, i'm no longer sonic and then sega was like oh shit uh you didn't read our last email <laughs> <laughs> or or maybe like i I know fans would be like, oh, it's probably the poor reception to him leaving the role is what happened. Probably. I'm, like, I'm like, I don't think that's what happened at all. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he used that as a bartering chip, though. Maybe. 
where he's just like, I'm going to make a tweet about this and see what the fuck goes down, right? <laughs> get, get, get my job back in 2021, man. Yeah. I mean, he is super beloved in, in the role of Sonic. People yeah. love him. People were, like, really upset when he announced that, like, he wasn't going to be a part of it. I know. Yeah. I know. He's he's, hmm? he's pretty big in the, the VA world, right? He sure is. Wasn't he Batman? He was Batman in one of the shows, I okay. think Brave and the Bold, but most famously, he is Chris Redfield in Resident Evil 5 and 6. Oh, Yeah, okay, and okay. then Revelations as well. Okay. And in Marvel vs. Capcom 3. Mm. And Infinite. Okay. <laughs> so he voiced him a lot. He's also Captain America in a bunch of Avengers cartoons. Um, yeah, he's been all over the place. He's very, very, very fucking, uh, hmm. just kind of like all over gaming. He's He's like... I guess a bracket beneath Nolan North, mm-hmm. but like still has that same clout. Okay, yeah. that's fair. Yeah, basically. Yeah. So, you excited? Sonic? You're a big Sonic fan. You like Sonic. I do, yeah. Um, I've been with Sonic the the whole 30 years at this point. Like, uh-huh. I remember, you know, playing Sonic 1 when it was like a, kind of a pack-in launch game with uh, the Sega Genesis. Super fucking hype to see them kind of like, you know, give it some love on like Nintendo's done for some of their franchises lately. Like, where's the where was the love for Zelda for... Zelda 30. Um, but whatever. Whatever, Nintendo. Mm. But I think... Um, They're getting Skyward Sword, right? I mean, yeah, that, that's, that's cool. Yeah. You know? With my fucking $15 Amiibo, that'll let me fast travel. No, that that's patently untrue. It's <laughs> $24.99. Oh, okay. Fair <laughs> enough. Um, but yeah, there, there was some other stuff that, that happened on this. I think some of the games are coming to Steam and Amazon Luna. They announced some Sonic Bling as well, where you can buy like really? these like blinged out like chains of like you I know sonic tails robotnik and shadow or sorry no sonic tails knuckles and uh shadow right. that's pretty cool i gotta get is that is that a partnership with qvc like well, what do <laughs> i need to do right yeah like these would typically be 109 dollars, but you can get them for 99.99 <laughs> that is a steal, a steal of a deal and then there was some other stuff like he's in a, in a hospital game running a <laughs> yeah hospital. what the fuck is that and then he's he's going to the olympics again oh, which yes. is those are weird because it looks like uh it's not like Sonic and, and Mario do the Olympics. It's just Sonic in these like Olympics games with actual humans, and it looks like somebody's like a human is wearing a Sonic suit. It looks very disconcerting. That's not, not really really. A what fan are we of talking that. about? Sonic goes to the twenty twenty Olympics games. Yeah. yeah. What he looks like a human. It looks in like a, a human is wearing a Sonic suit. Really? Yeah. Did you not see that? No. Oh. Can you show me this? Because uh, I'm, I'm familiar with Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games, and he looks like fucking Sonic. They make those games every year. <laughs> yeah, so this is different. This is different? Yeah, this is an actual, like, Olympics game that they put what? Sonic in. Ugh. Yeah. I didn't... I totally missed this. I'll, I'll be honest. I didn't watch the Sonic stream. I may not care about the blue blur as much as some folks do. No, you um, don't really give a fuck about the, the No, I don't give a fuck about the blur at all. I thought he was a blue bomber for a while. But uh let me ask you a serious question though. What's the more popular IP? Sonic or The Legend of Zelda? Oh yeah, this is a, a dumb conversation that blossomed <laughs> it a dumb ba- conversation? based off of uh something that happened on Kinda Funny. Um and Sonic is the more globally known uh, IP. Sure. More popular IP. Doesn't mean it's consistent and has better entries. Right. It just means that it's more known. Okay. Yeah. Do you think Sonic's more re- like more relevant as an IP? Hmm. That's a harder question. Yeah. Because I think like Zelda has maintained relevancy and has actually like grown over time and, and changed. Yeah. Uh, as generations happened and where it's like, oh, we're going to try and new, do new things like Breath of the Wild, right? We're going to try and do that like open world thing that was hot for like 10 years, right? Mm-hmm. So Zelda has definitely changed with the times, whereas Sonic has struggled to find 
steady footing in, in 3D games, I think. Right. Um, so Legend of Zelda is like, how do we break new grounds? And then Sonic is, how do we make a good game? And mm-hmm. they've been ask, asking that question since the 90s. Yes. <laughs> okay, makes sense. <laughs> um, hey, man, I like Adventure, too. That's a good one right there. That's a good one. That's yeah. a good one. But yeah, so it's one of those things where I think Zelda has like better games, but like, yeah. you know, Sonic has a movie that was like one of the best selling movies of 2020. You right. know, there wasn't much competition granted. Uh, has animes, has <laughs> comics, has like a, a, a pretty <laughs> beloved line of like Archie comics. So yeah, mm-hmm. you guys are crazy if you think Zelda is the more popular franchise. Um, just going to say, <laughs> and I love Zelda. That's just, you know, it is what, it is. Go. Um, what it is. But some, some other things about this event, I actually was hoping for maybe kind of a tease for the second Sonic movie. I thought that would have been a perfect place to kind of like showcase something from that. Yeah. They just started filming it. Yeah. From what I understand. Yeah. yeah and then Knuckles is going to be in it. Yeah. Big part of it. And That's then... cool. People love that Knuckles guy. Mm-hmm. The Inkinna. He's an Echidna. Yeah. Is it Inkinna? Echidna. Echidna. Yeah. Cool. And then my other disappointment was, was that we didn't really get any, like I wanted Sonic, Sonic Mania 2. Mm-hmm didn't get anything like that nothing yeah instead we got this yeah sonic rangers tease which is yeah a logo a very cryptic logo and we got to see sonic shoes and people lost their minds oh wow shoes Mm -hmm. there's a lot of like brand identity here he's got shoes uh he's a hedgehog this is a great ip actually now that i think yeah okay now you're getting a little salty (laughs) about it No, but it's one of those things where it's like that game could be anything. I like you often are where it's like I'm not going to be excited until I see something else from that and know what it is, right? Hmm. Uh, somebody I think got their hands on it a while back, like they did some play testing for it and like they leaked some some details about it like on I don't know where it was if it was on Reddit or somewhere. But they're like, yeah, it was was something like that. It comes from, and they're like, yeah, it's like a semi-open world game. Oh Uh, what? Yeah, it's 3D. Oh what? Yeah. Is there's like boss fights and stuff and he's like oh what he's like he's like the mechanics are kind of like janky it's it's fine otherwise and i'm just like yeah that, that speaks to a lot of <laughs> it's sonic janky and fine is yeah. probably like yeah that that's, that speaks to a lot of like 3d sonic that's games 70 percent of sonic's catalog yeah <laughs> it's janky but it's fine i guess <laughs> <laughs> well I, that's great yeah but I, I, just make adventure three man exactly that's what i thought that was going to be and i think a lot of people felt the same they're being willfully obstinate about this okay they're being super stubborn about this i don't don't like this make adventure three no i'm I'm on board with your sonics Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying i think across the board though it was a it was a good event some people were saying it probably could have been served better it's just like oh here's just like a series of videos that like didn't really need a whole event but i i don't know it just speaks to the fact that sega wants to kind of like you know boost sonic up make him relevant which Mm -hmm. is that always speaks up probably how troublesome the IP is if you really have to keep trying to make it relevant. Yes. Yeah. Yes. A little, little rough. Oh, and we didn't mention they're adding a Sonic Fighter game to Lost Judgment. Uh, what Sonic Fighter game? It's like a old school Sonic fighting game. That exists? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what? So they're going to do the thing like they do in, in like Judgment 1 and actually a lot of the Yakuza games were in the Sega Arcade. You're going to have like... Different games. Old yeah. school Sega games that you can play. And, cool. Yeah, this is a Sonic Fighter game. So. All right, I'm into it. Pretty cool. I like it. All yeah. right, I'll play Sonic Fighter within Lost Judgment. Yeah, Hell, I'll play Lost Judgment. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Fuck yeah. All right, well, I got a number two on here. We're moving on to another IP of creatures, anthropomorphic and otherwise. Mm. Pokemon Sinnoh Remakes and Pokemon Legends Arceus 
got release dates. Mm -hmm. Now, Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Pokemon Shining Pearl are coming out November 19th, Mm -hmm. same day release. And then Pokemon Legends Arceus, the open world game set in Sinnoh's distant past, will release January 28th, 2022. It's my birthday. I... It is? Yeah. Oh! You want to know my birthday? Happy birthday. <laughs> uh, I'm more excited for the latter mm-hmm. than I am for the Sano remakes, because I never played Diamond or Pearl, to be honest with you. Like, mm-hmm. there's a lot of generations I fucking skipped. Oh, yeah. Like, eight. <laughs> well, they have a new generation every year, and I'm just like, ah, fuck. Yeah, it's just like, well, I can't keep up. I, I heard, the, so they made more than 151 of these bitches? Like, yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> right. Woo. Why not just develop those characters instead of making more Mons? Develop the mods you have. Give them rich backstories, right? Did some of them get into crime? Some of them did. Meow, did. <laughs> Wasn't that the whole idea of uh, Detective Pikachu? Yes. Pokemon committing crimes? Pokemon committing crimes. Yeah, give me more crime, Pokemon. <laughs> Jesus Christ. But no, Arceus looks pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I want a shakeup in that franchise, right? Mm-hmm. I, don't think, um, I don't think the mainline releases are going to hold any sway for me anymore because they're all super simplistic and... You know, it, it just doesn't land for me. I, I get it. If you still love it, fantastic. I'm not going to yuck your yums, right? I'm, mm. I have to be tolerant about a lot of things. Sonic, this, here we are. Me. Yeah. You? Yeah. You think I'm intolerant of you? <laughs> no, I'm saying you have to be tolerant of me. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. true. So Arceus, this is going to be an interesting one where, like you, yeah, I'm not really like, I could care less about the remix. Cool for the, the fans that are stoked for it. Pokemon fans are still going to find something to complain about because they always want to complain about do. Pokemon. Jeez, like remember, what was what was the last mainline one that came out? Um, Sword oh, and Shield? this is a good question. Yep. Yeah, Sword it. and Shield. People <laughs> were like, oh my god, look at these gross textures. Look at this. Look at that. And they were just like flaming it because that's just what yep. fans do because fans are toxic. Um, and I feel like we're going to see probably similar narratives with both of these separate releases mm-hmm. for one thing or another. Um, and I could see them flaming like Arceus for just like not being as like graphically impressive as like Breath of the Wild or this or that, and just like comparing it right. to other things. Yeah, um, I think you landed on exactly what it's the conversation's going to be. Well, I mean, look at how it was kind of framed with the teaser trailer, right? You had right. a character that kind of stepped up onto a clip face, and it did the Breath of the Wild, like Same here's thing. our land pan, yeah, yeah. you know, and. Um, it, yeah, it, that's going to be a tough one, but I think that the idea of, like, here's an open-world Pokemon game is really, really cool, and they, mm-hmm. they have a lot of, like, cool things they can play around with in that space versus just doing what they've done with every editor of title. The The exciting thing about this, and we'll talk about it in a few news items, is that there's rumors of, like, a Switch Pro, and I could see this being one of those games that's, like, only on Switch Pro. Yeah, I think that's a, a, a good point. I think we're going to see a, quite a few games that can only be played on the Pro, mm-hmm. and that's going to piss people off even more. Yeah, That's going to make them so fucking angry. If they do this to Arceus, people are going to get <laughs> very angry about that. But um, hopefully they don't. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I really don't think that would be a great look for Nintendo to like kind of argue against. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, how about it looks better on the Switch Pro, or mm-hmm. it maybe runs better, right? Kind of like how we're used to with mid-generation jumps. When the fucking PS4 Pro came out, it wasn't suddenly like, oh yeah, half the library can't be played anymore. That That's shitty. Yeah. I think that's shitty. But I think they had that problem with some of the, the 3DS, 3DS games. games, right? Right, when they did the new 3DS or whatever yeah. it was called. Yeah, there. well, there was a, fun, a few that they were just like, uh, this game runs at 30 frames on this, mm-hmm. and then it runs at one frame on the original 3DS, yeah. and it was like, ugh, okay, cool. But yeah, was there games that you couldn't play at all on older 3DSs? Uh, I was pretty sure the Zelda remakes you couldn't. Zelda remakes? My, I might be wrong. We right. don't have a year wrong segment, so. 
No, not the Zelda remakes. Um, I think it was actually Smash Brothers. Oh, was or it? Or Hyrule Warriors. There, yeah, there was something. One of those, yeah. And, I mean, that just speaks to, like, Nintendo being Nintendo about shit. But, like, I would be okay, like, you know, the concession of, like, Arceus being like, yeah, you can play it on both. It'll just have, like, worse resolution on the OG Switch. Yeah. Um, and I, I think we'll have a similar conversation about uh, Breath of the Wild 2 when, when that happens. So. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, that's all my thoughts on the Pokemons. Yeah, same. I got nothing. I yeah. got nothing. Number three on here, we got different kinds of monsters. Dragons! Isn't that scary? Oh, that yeah, scary? pretty spooky. This is a spooky episode. A slew of Dragon Quest titles were announced. The first being Dragon Quest Three. Wait, they already did that. Haha, mm-hmm. ha, just kidding. It's getting an HD 2D remake in the style of Octopath Traveler. And it looks pretty dank, actually. Yeah, it does. Dragon Quest Three is from 1998, by the way. Wow, yeah. that was a good year for video games. It's a great year for video games. Yeah. Ocarina of Time, Resident Evil... I thought Ocarina of Time was 97. Nope. It was 98? Yep. Okay. Resident Evil? Mm-hmm. I thought Resident Evil was... <laughs> <laughs> we also got a spinoff of Dragon Quest XI called Dragon Which Quest one? Treasures. What? Resident Evil 2, I think. Was Resident 2 was 1998. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Resident okay. 2 was 99. <laughs> or was it 99? No, Part 3 was 99. Mm. And so was Dino Crisis. Unless that was 2000. Wait, but Dino Crisis came with a demo for... Oh my god! <laughs> Sorry, I didn't interrupt you. Anyway, a spin-off of Dragon Quest XI called Dragon Quest Treasures was revealed. Remarkably, you hunt for treasure in the game, playing as Mia and Eric. You remember Mia and, and Eric from no. the games? You know, full disclosure, I've never played a Dragon Quest in my life. Mm. So all of this is uncharted territory for me. But people were very excited about it, which is yeah. a great thing. Uh, there's also an indescribable mobile title called Dragon Quest Keshi coming out for ios and android hmm. apparently you um turn your monsters into erasers and erase graffiti in the world i went with indescribable in the what? script here what and i should have left it at indescribable <laughs> yeah that was i don't think i like that description at all <laughs> it's really fucking weird i don't know yeah. anyway and then the main event a new mainline entry is in the works called dragon quest 12 the flames of fate it's a cool name the title is referred to as a, quote, Dragon Quest for adults <laughs> that would be built on Unreal 5 and will make changes to the core combat. Ooh. I like that we're looking at more games like that that are going to be built on Unreal 5. Unreal 5 yeah. stuff? Did you see the reveal trailer? For Unreal 5? Yeah. Or Dragon Quest No, 12? for Unreal 5. Uh, yeah. yeah. I remember, wasn't it that really cool tech demo? That, like, showed, like, a billion triangle effects or whatever? Oh, yeah, I guess that was that, huh? Yeah. Well, Jeff Keighley had shown something this past week of, like, another... another another... No, I didn't see this. What happened? Oh, it was just a showcase of, like, here is a game running on Unreal 5. Oh, my God. (laughs) It was a character and, like, a big, like, Titan-like character that they were facing against. Like, the particle effects and everything looked fucking insane. Cool. So... Well, I won't say that any single Dragon Quest game is graphically intensive at all yeah it's they're all very cartoony aesthetics they're from the 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 artists that made dragon ball by Mm -hmm. the way so that's why it looks very similar yeah they have a very iconic like you when you see that style you know it's dragon yeah yeah right off the bat so So, and then what was funny is during this entire event they didn't like refuse to announce what systems that any of these titles are coming out Mm. for 
Um, I don't, I don't know why. Maybe it was like they don't want to announce whether or not shit is coming to the Switch, or I, I have no idea. And then, um, well, I could see them doing like staggered releases too, where it's like it's going to come here first, and then next year it's going to come to this system. Yeah, that was the other thing too. Like they were uh, talking about this online version of Dragon Quest Ten, I think, mm-hmm. and they're like, we're going to make an offline version finally, and it's like, is mm. oh, oh, okay, because it's, it's an MMO. Oh, okay. And but then they're like, uh, yeah, we have no announcements for a Western <laughs> release, and it's so funny because it's like this whole event was like made to also be streamed in the west and they had like nothing to tell the west no release dates no nothing just like oh yeah well yeah good on you that's the thing about dragon quest where it is so big out in japan like i think that's probably one of the biggest fucking like ip franchises like out there so i could see why they they'd probably give more like you know fanfare to like that audience versus us but it's like well i don't know dragon quest has had an audience out here for a very long time. Yeah, I like, say so. I remember, this is my history with Dragon Quest. I've only ever played 8, and this was back in 2006, where my roommate was like, yeah, you should play Dragon Quest 8. I got it on the PS2, check it out, and I fucking fell in love with it. But like, I feel like it was around that era that like it probably started building more and more traction with people, huh. especially for like lovers of like, you know... JRPGs. Yeah, JRPGs, Final Fantasy, the like. Yeah. And it had uh, Jessica. That character was uh, pretty cute. Pretty cute. Yeah. Pretty right cute. on. I like cute. Mm-hmm. so give me your thoughts on um either one uh we'll we'll do maybe dragon quest 3 uh 2d hd remake whatever i think it's so fucking funny that he said we're making a dragon quest for adults (laughs) 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 fucking cracked me up (laughs) because it's like the implication is yeah the rest are kids games why do you take this so serious yeah well what's gonna happen the main <laughs> character is gonna commit murder i i yeah. don't know but i i well, somebody told me it's like well that's that's an unusual statement i think it was a mistranslation because it's like uh they've made you know darker tone games in the series sure, before sure. and i'm like i gotta be straight up honest this is coming from an outsider i i don't know that i've seen any dragon quests that really exhibited darker tones i think they're probably leaning towards making things like aesthetically different in that way rather Mm -hmm. than like themes that are darker but more mature material like through and through how it looks how Mm -hmm. it plays and all that stuff so it'd be interesting we got a more mature dragon quest already it was called yakuza like a dragon ah (laughs) that is true yeah that is true i love ichi and he loves (laughs) dragon quests sure yeah, there's a bunch of memes of him going fucking nuts about Dragon Quest news. That's great. Oh my god. I hope there's like a segment where you could play like maybe a section of a Dragon Quest game like in like a Sega arcade. That'd something. be some crazy cross cool. energy right yeah. there, man. Damn. I It's interesting that they can get away with so many fucking references to Dragon Quest in Yakuza games. Mm-hmm. I wonder what that's about. Is it just like, hmm. it's such a cultural phenomenon in Japan. It's like us talking about like Marvel movies and something. I don't think there's anything wrong with talking about yeah. a property in a game, but then like showing it. That's a whole different thing. It's it's something you gotta pay money for that. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Yeah. I I mean, you just don't see it in video games. Whereas, like in movies, that might be like a thing where it's like, oh, are you playing Call of Duty? And they don't have to reach out to Activision and be like, can mm-hmm. we say the words Call of Duty? Yeah. But it's like in video games, I never see video games referencing other video <sighs> games by name very often. It's it's tough because a lot of video games create this very like kind of this contained world. world. Yeah. yeah. The the one game that I can think of that has done it is life is strange one where and because, <laughs> oh no yeah there were a bunch of like square enix yeah. references in, yeah, it, in terms of like final fantasy the spirits within <laughs> there being a poster and like hearing music from like you know the actual real world yeah. because like there was like explosions in the sky songs in that game and other stuff but didn't but. square enix actually publish that they like, did. Th- that's yeah. why this yeah. use case is interesting because i like yeah of course i mean you play resident evil and they reference Mega Man every exactly. three seconds yeah. but i'm talking about like outside like your own corporation brand. yeah yeah I, I just don't see that shit 
I don't see Tomb Raider talking about how much he likes Uncharted. <laughs> hey, know? that Nathan's pretty hot. I'm doing Nathan Drake shit right now. <laughs> Could you imagine? <laughs> that would be so fucking fun. I would love it. Oh, I need my Sully. Listen, fucking Jonah. I think the real problem is, is that up until Yakuza Like a Dragon, we haven't had a video game where you play as a gamer. Mm. We need that again. That's fair. We need more gamer-led games. Give us... Hear me out here. Right. Ready Player One, the movie, the game. Oh! <laughs> Ready Player One, the book, the movie, the game. Oh, dude, you fucking... There we go. Oh, my... There we go. Jesus Christ. Zeus came down, struck lightning at an orphanage. Those kids are on fire. This is such a good idea. Yes, this is what happens when I get a nap in me. I'm wow. fucking rapid fire. Jesus Christ. <laughs> anyway, what were we talking about? Dragon Quest? Dragon Quest. I have no other thoughts. Yeah. Um, well, okay, so Dragon <laughs> Quest Three, the 2D HD remake, I think that's really yeah. cool um i oh i like the style a yeah lot. i i love that style um i'm stoked to see it getting love i think there was talk about them maybe doing one two and three as well in that style yeah i they're like yeah just be on the lookout for something for one and two it was like the line that they said and i was like what, what does that mean phone games yeah i <laughs> no. i like it i feel like square is gonna like probably milk that style though to the point of exha- exhaustion and I, that's what i'm worried about where you're like oh this is great and everybody's like, yeah, make every game like this. And I'm like, no, don't, though. Because mm. it's, like, such a special style that I want them to do, like, certain, like, you know, gems from Square Enix, like, history in that style. I don't want every game to look like that because after a while it's going to lose its, like, touch. Yeah, yeah. Much like a lot of, like, 2.5D games. Like, after a while, I'm like, yeah, I don't need another 2.5D game. Uh, what? Yeah. People love 2.5D, bro. Sorry, Mighty Number 9. Mighty number nine, you think that's the only fucking two points? Oh, <laughs> go apologize to Ori in the Blind Forest. <laughs> Say, hey, I think this is fucking dumb because it's 2.5D. Make a real 3D game. <laughs> Make a real 3D game. Make a real 3D no, game. But, like, I, I want to see them obviously do, like, Final Fantasy VI and, like, Chrono, Cro- yeah. Chrono Cross, Chrono Trigger, right? But, like, I just, I want it to maintain its special, like, kind of luster, you know? Mm-hmm. So, that's just me. I'd say fucking milk it until the end of time. Okay, I think it's sure. such a cool style. They need to do it for every fucking game sure. ever. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't mind if like they them using it where it makes sense. I'd love to see some of the classic Final Fantasies remade mm-hmm. in that style because I think it just fits rather than trying to like recontextualize those into these big old like orchestrations where it kind of strays away from the mechanics. Because mm-hmm. at that point, if you're looking at something like Final Fantasy VI and going like, "Yeah, hey, we're going to use this style," they're less likely to like you know make a game that fans won't appreciate as much, mm-hmm. which is like, "Oh, we're just going to throw an action game, you know, into Final Fantasy VI mechanics or something mm-hmm. like that." Now I feel like this is the syllabus where it's like, all right, we'll yeah. follow this. Yeah, it works for like that SNES, NES kind of era of mm-hmm. like, you know, RPGs. <laughs> yeah. I got some more Final Fantasy talk on here on what? number four, and what? I'm actually excited what? about this and have opinions what? on it. We got Team Ninja is reportedly making a Final Fantasy spinoff in Hold My Estus. It's a fucking Souls-like. <laughs> Yeah! <laughs> nice. Fanbyte has found this rumor circulate. They just found it. Uh, <laughs> circulating Reset Era and Reddit, where gaming news is born. Imran Khan writes the following quote, The rumor states that Square Enix is working with Team Ninja, Koei Tecmo's in house development team, behind games like Ninja Gaiden, Neo, and perhaps most relevantly, the latest entry in the Final Fantasy fighting game series, Dissidia NT. Mm. The posted rumors go on further by assigning the game a genre something akin to Neo or the Souls games, and suggesting it takes place somewhere in or adjacent to the world of the first Final, Final, Final Fantasy game on the NES. End wow. quote. Now, Fanbytes uh, says their sources have corroborated... That's not it. Corroborated. 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 Yeah. Uh, Rathalos. <laughs> <laughs> this rumor and even provided a name. 
Final Fantasy Origin. The game is apparently exclusive to PlayStation 5 and PC and will receive an alpha demo this summer after its pending E3 announcement. Baby, I'm so stoked. I'm excited as fuck, man. I like them Souls likes. Mm-hmm. In fact, I I love them. Souls loves. Souls loves. That's what I call them. There we go. God damn it. But uh, yeah, so Neo 2, I've been wanting to play that for a while, but I hear by all accounts it's fucking great, even better than the first game, mm-hmm. so these guys know what they're doing. Sure. I enjoyed the shit out of Neo 1. I think that this is a great marriage of IP and game design for these uh, for the studio in particular. Yeah. Where it makes sense. They already work on Final Fantasy shit. Uh, and I think it's cool to go back to the back catalog instead of trying to make another fucking part seven related game. Yeah. <laughs> to actually go like, back and say, hey, there's a there's a lore and history that we want to play with mm-hmm. that doesn't involve uh, cloud. Yeah. I'm glad this is like a full fledged effort and not like just some sort of mobile sort of game. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah for sure. Uh, well, I, I mean, like that Final Fantasy seven mobile game, that's the entire fucking genesis mm-hmm. of Final Fantasy seven. Yep. Somehow. That's the one. I still don't understand how they did that. What? What? <laughs> it's like that one baby version of Final Fantasy uh, 15. 15. Yeah. What was that called? Pocket Edition? Yeah, I think that's what it was called. Oh, yeah. my Pocket God. Edition. Yeah, so we're getting uh, an out-of-pocket edition of oh. Final Fantasy here. I love it. What, what would you want to see from this game, right? Like, what? Like, multiple weapons and shit? Uh, giant enemies to fight? You know? Like, what, what is it? Yeah, actually, all of that. All like, of I want that. I want weapons that you can find that are very rich from, like, Final Fantasy history. Give me, like, all these, like, just... Because am- that's the thing. Like, the weapon play in Final Fantasy is always, like, here's a weapon that's a nod to, like, a weapon from 8 or 7, right? You get a Cloud Buster that you can pick up in Final Fantasy 13, And it's, like, these games are really self-aware of mm-hmm. their own lineage. And I want this to be that. Like, yeah. pull from everything. Um, give me really cool, like, scaled fights where it's, like, yeah, maybe I'm fighting, like, really simple, like, kind of, like, beasties. But then I kind of, like you know, scale up to fights where I'm fighting, like, summons and stuff like that, you know. Um, I really want Gilgamesh in it for some reason. Gilgamesh? Yeah, because, like, he's a, a reoccurring kind of, like, warrior monk that oh. that is, like, just seeded throughout Final Fantasy history, and I think there could be a cool origin story with that character in it. Uh, maybe finding the Gilgamesh's weapon and just having maybe a, like, mm. confrontation with them, so that would be fucking dope. But yeah, I mean, I think it would be cool to maybe have, like, obviously just a bunch of different weapons and play styles. Like, if they do the the Neo thing, maybe I could play with, like, swords, two-handed, one-handed. Maybe I get a battle axe. Maybe I get a mace. Or, uh, like, what do they call the ball chains? Uh, I think that's still a mace. Is that a mace? Right. Is a chain mace, maybe? Club, or a mor- morning star? More, yeah, something like sure. that. Sure. Yeah, so give me just, like, a, a variance of a play. Or if you want to do class-based stuff, like, maybe I could be a warrior, maybe I could be a ninja. Yeah. Stuff like that. Something that you choose at the beginning of the game, though? Yeah. Would you, like... Because, like, I know a lot of Souls games are like, hey, I can build my stats on the go mm-hmm. to, like, play a certain type. I wonder if... Uh, because if they're playing with Final Fantasy One stuff, which is in effect based off of D and D, there was very discrete classes in yeah. the game. I wonder if that would be a thing that they do. Like, what would be playing uh, as, like you know, doing mage mm-hmm. uh, throughout the levels yeah. and whatnot? Maybe, maybe you're like, maybe like you do the Mass Effect thing where it's like, oh, I'm a mage from this reason. This is region. This is my backstory. Yeah. Or I'm a ninja from here. The dark world of like whatever ninja areas are in final fantasy i can't remember but the, the ninja area yeah the, the ninja world yeah. something like that but yeah i mean it's a recipe for like just so much potential i think mm-hmm. um what would you want from it uh everything yeah I, th- I think that all makes sense uh i want them to kind of 
hem closer to the action of Neo than mm-hmm. trying to make it more like um, what From Software does, sure. where like much more methodical. I think that the action factor needs to be like up there, just because mm-hmm. it's like I don't know. Final Fantasy feels like it needs that a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, Do you want it to have that same mm-hmm. level of like punishing difficulty? Yeah, it yeah. needs to. Okay, I think so. I, I think that <laughs> like if you're gonna be, play with Souls like like don't. Don't not do it. I think one game that um, struggled with balance while playing with Souls-like elements was Jedi Fallen Order. I think um, the game was either too punishing in some areas or just not punishing at all because it just wasn't balanced right between like, mm. like, I'm, are we trying to be mainstream or are we trying to like serve the Souls-like sure. crowd, right? And it's like, but it's Star Wars, so we actually need to like get in. So it ended up yeah. feeling easier in a lot of like uh portions of that game and then you get to a boss fight where it's like why am i getting devastated yeah you fight a sith and you're like wow i just got my ass handed to me yeah like (laughs) so i think the balance is all off in that game so this one needs to like consistently be like this is how we're going to train players to go Mm -hmm. through right i mean i would have liked for this to be like maybe a jedi fallen order take like the Mm. mainstream of mainstreamification of it but i could see it them just going complete niche because like some of the final fantasy games are just like hey we're gonna we're building this sort of game for a certain type of audience yeah they don't really care yeah exactly (laughs) it makes me wonder like how they want to do the world too is it kind of segmented levels or Mm -hmm. is it gonna be like one sprawling one where you got to figure out shortcuts and stuff because neo didn't feel that way neo felt like it had very like segmented levels because it was yeah so i I wonder how they would uh juggle that i would prefer something that's like more of um blend more final fantasy into the souls like genre than than ever before like i would still love to still have conversations with npcs and you know have an unfolding story that isn't just like get from room to room until the boss shows up yeah like i would i would want it to feel like hey there's a reason you're playing with final fantasy and it's not just to do the window dressing of it yeah i want more like in your face lore and narrative and less mm. like contextual shit like less of a character just moaning a line and I'm like oh my god that's <laughs> this, this is rich with final fantasy history like no like give me yeah. actual story yeah yeah you're gonna build out this world because well, if they do it right they have potential to build a franchise off of it right what about co-op Ooh, that's a good point because it's it, it, co-op like instantly almost defeats like having a more you know uh traditional approach to storytelling i feel mm, i don't think you do it you don't think you do no. go for that reason? No, because like looking yeah. at a lot of like the souls light games outside of like the from software catalog they don't really do it does neo have co-op i forget i Ugh. think it did it might i think it does yeah i'm yeah i mean i I think it, I think they're going to go in a direction where it's basically Neo with Final Fantasy yeah, stuff. Yeah, of course. But yeah, I again, I want it to be blend more because like look at um, Persona Five Strikers, how mm-hmm. it was a very interesting blending of the source material with some Dynasty Warriors conventions, but it wasn't like a traditional uh, Maso game. Mm-hmm. It would be interesting to see this not be a traditional Souls like, and it's more like, hey, there's like actual story going on through here. But yeah, we'll see. Apparently, we're getting it pretty soon, or no, the reveal pretty soon, because the game's in development pretty early on, right? Yeah. But they're trying to do that alpha thing that they did with Neo, which is cool. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's like a cool period to like build your game and kind of play it to your strengths or yeah. learn from your, your playtest audience. Get that feedback and so shit. That's smart, especially with yeah. a new IP. Um, how do you think they handle the the death mechanic? The death mechanic? Like, how do you think they treat it like a Souls-like with that? Uh, as in, like, what is the lore reason for it, or how do they just do deaths in this but, game? Yeah, well, that. Like, what's the lore reason? How do they handle it? What's the, What do you think the system for it might Again, be? I'm not boned up on Final Fantasy 1 lore, so I don't yeah. know, like, how they tie it into the mythos of, like, why can you die and try again, if they even do the die and try again thing. I would hope that it still maintains that idea of, like, 
if you die, you get reset in some sort of way. Maybe yeah. it's like, hey, my soul is linked to a crystal, and that's why I'm back, yeah. or some shit like that. But um, Or like yeah. a forever phoenix down that's just bound to you. Just the phoenix down of forever, yeah. of eternity. Yeah, it's something. Mm-hmm. Oh, that'd be interesting to figure out. How do you use traditional like Final Fantasy uh, items mm-hmm. uh, in this? So if you use a phoenix down, maybe uh, you can actually revive without being reset in the level. Yeah, that could yeah, be something. That'd be cool. That'd be cool. But they're like super hard to find. Yeah. yeah. So they'd be of way more limited resource versus, mm-hmm. yeah, some other shit like well, potions. I mean, in some games they treat it like kind of how ether is where it's like they're really hard to find. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, like, yeah, give me like potions are my main healing mechanic, obviously. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, that's already made. There's yeah. so much there that's already there. ready made. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because yeah. both, both Souls-like and Final Fantasy borrow from D&D. So you're going to have very consistent, sure. I guess, like uh, mechanical language between these games. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited. I think it's a great idea. Like, I was super excited when they mentioned, like, Final Fantasy Souls-like. Because like you, I was saying, hey, I want a Dynasty Warriors. Yeah. This might actually be better than an idea in my mind. Like, if you do the Dynasty Warriors, I still want the free-for-all where it's, like, fucking every generation of characters just yeah. hacking and slashing. But this one's like, oh, this is a game thought out to to be this. So that's, that's interesting. I like it. Yeah. I'm into it. I'm into it. It's, I'm, just, I'm into it. <laughs> How about this next one? Are you, are you into number five? Uh, no. <laughs> oh, wait, I wrote it. I'm very into it. Number five. Nintendo may reveal the Switch Pro before E3. According to Bloomberg, Nintendo is ready to produce an update to their hybrid console and release by September or October of this year. Its price point will probably be higher than the standard $299 Switch and will be sold alongside the $199 Switch Lite, while the former is phased out of retail completely. Mm-hmm. That Switch sounds like a Nintendo thing to do, by the yeah. way. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Nintendo will reveal the Switch Pro ahead of E3 to allow for their partners to show off their full range of Switch titles in development. And uh, I think you asked me this question. You posed it to me. I went to Wikipedia for the answer. Uh, how much has the Nintendo Switch sold, including mm-hmm. the light and normal models? As of March 31st, 2021, Nintendo has shipped 84.59 million Switch units, wow. with over 69.89 million being the original Switch, and then 14.70 being the Switch Lite. Nice. Yeah, so that's actually pretty fucking high up there. I think mm-hmm. PS2 still the king at around 200 million units sold lifetime. So, but the Switch did this in four years. That's crazy. That's fucking crazy. This is, the Switch is going to have the legacy much like the Wii did, much like the PS2 did, where Mm. it's like, we're just going to be singing about how much of a commercial runaway success it was. Right. And it's funny because like, I remember in, in 2016, 2017, we debated like on even what Nintendo should even be doing as like a hardware software developer at that point. Yeah. We're like, oh, they should probably get out of consoles. I no, said that. they shouldn't have, I guess, because they're fucking killing it right now. No, yeah. So. <laughs> I didn't see that the Switch would happen, right? But I remember saying that. I'm like, yeah, that's just become third party what the fuck are they doing in the hardware business yeah it's, it's like, like sega it's crap right? Shoot, right yeah like sega for instance but no turns out that would have been a, a folly for this company so that's why i don't work there <laughs> they actually said that they yeah. said we listened to that fuck you <laughs> and i'm like oh, okay well ah! <laughs> anyway uh but with this system a pro version of course we've heard the rumors of what it's going to be it's 4k optimized it has an oled screen apparently mm, i don't know if good. that ends up being true but um, interesting thing about this is that we're facing a semiconductor shortage mm-hmm. in manufacturing. Every industry mm-hmm. is having a fucking problem. In fact, that's why they're saying that uh, PS5 is still going to have shortages this year because they can't develop these fuckers fast enough, right? Mm-hmm. So it's interesting that Nintendo is like, hey, we're going to have a brand new version of our Switch that's going to outmode the last one completely. Mm-hmm. 
in the face of that. I'm wondering how they're figuring that shit out, right? Because uh, the Bloomberg report also says that they're going to be- begin production of these units in July. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then spike up development mm-hmm. uh, closer to the release date, uh, September, October. Okay. What are they doing? <laughs> are they finding semiconductors out there uh, in fucking blocks that you have to knock open? Yeah, like, they, they struck a deal with like a, a semiconductor like uh, broker out there. <laughs> the semi broker. <laughs> yeah, like, okay, cool. Um, I mean, are you... So that's a question. Are you interested in a pro model? A uh, mid-generation upgrade? Ooh. I think we, we've talked about this a lot over the time of of the save room in the last like year or two because this has been rumored for such a long time forever or like people have at least been hoping for it um i on the onset like i can't really justify buying it like launch month right because like i don't play my switch enough as it is but i do i do want some better like native support like i do want like 1080 handheld like 4k like support docked would be fucking awesome or is it the other way around actually where it does more docked versus or it does more handheld versus docked. it does more docked it does more docked yeah correct okay yeah because it's getting power from the dock and the tv okay so whatever's in that dock yeah i've never opened it before Hmm. i've never opened it it's a lot of goombas working overtime a lot of goombas yeah oh man (laughs) i wonder if they taste great they probably do you ever think about eating Goombas? They probably taste like toasted marshmallow jelly beans. Right. Yeah. Right. Do they make, do Goombas make a sound? Yeah, I don't know. Like when Mario like thwomps on them, I don't think they make like a <laughs> sound. I, I, I want an Unreal 5 like next Mario where if you jump on a Goomba, he goes. <laughs> <laughs> <Jesus Christ>. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> scare the kids. <laughs> but I think this is, this is really cool. The, the problem with the Switch right now is like it's impressive in terms of its catalog and everything it is doing for Nintendo fans and it's like market penetration, but it is kind of trailing behind in terms of like graphical capabilities, right? Where it's like, yeah, Xbox series X and PS five with their fucking complex, like SSDs and like all the sort of like 4k support they can do. It's like, it makes the switch standard look kind of embarrassing by comparison. But I know a lot of people who play Nintendo games are like, yeah, I don't really care about graphics. Like, and that's, that's fine too. Cause I think there are plenty of stylistic games that don't push like 1080p or 4k that still look beautiful in their own regard, right. but just the capability <clears throat> and like, you know, seeing a game like breath of the wild two or Pokemon legends Arceus, like push like HD would be fucking awesome. Yeah, so, that is true. I just, I want to play a game that just doesn't have like, that doesn't, struggle and handheld and drop so many frames i think for me it was <laughs> super super noticeable the the visual degradation with monster hunter rise oh yeah and i think especially like having the comparison of like i was playing a bunch of monster hunter world mm-hmm. uh before it and then jumping over the switch i was just like ah, oh, my eyes yeah. god damn and i was running into this problem where the switch does not look good on a 4k tv Mm-mm. like it it just doesn't it's blurrier it's weird looking i had to like drop the sharpness and play with settings to just get it to look like not gritty and really like just over pixelized. So uh-huh. I was like, what's going on here? So it'd be fucking great to have like a 4k optimized switch, oh, I think honestly. So Cause I know, you know, I know uh, graphics don't matter for a lot of people. Right. And for me, I'm just like, I don't care how the graphics look. I care how the fucking like, uh, visual acuity looks mm-hmm. right. Cause that shit splits my eyes. Cause I'm so used to watching everything in fucking 4k. I pay for that fucking, uh, Netflix with the HD whatnot. Oh, do you really? I do. I gotta watch more Netflix I'm, in I'm, your room. I'm one of those bougie bitches <laughs> doing that shit. Cause I'm just shit. like, I'm going to, well, first of all, I steal so many other streaming services. That's how I make up for it. Right. Fair. Like I have like three of them that I just like password sharing, <laughs> which the companies hate redacted. 
What? Oh, shit. We gotta redact all this. Don't tell Warner Media. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so it'd be great to have that. Um, I don't know if it'll make me play the Switch anymore, because there's other things that the Switch could be doing that would make me like it more, including mm-hmm. with, like, how their party chat works. The lack of any kind of native chat is irritating and very archaic Mm -hmm. like it's something that just i can't get out of my mind or even forgive yeah you know i'm just like dude it'd be like i picked up monster Hunter rise chelsea had it a couple other my friends had it and we just never played it beyond like one or two attempts because it's just Mm. like such a bitch to do it on a nintendo system yeah i think that's definitely something they need to figure out with this console like how do you bake in like a party chat functionality right it should be ready made like if you if you say that the hey the pro can do that you got me yeah you fucking got me yeah don't make me download a separate fucking app yeah for whatever reason for sure and if i have to download a separate app fine make it like how the playstation app is where it's more like an additive thing and not like the way to do it right so yeah exactly exactly so it's like there's there's more things to figure out but you know at the end of the day if it's a a beefier switch that can do 4k i'm into it yeah, I think for, for Nintendo, this is how they're going to compete long-term. And the thing about, like, Nintendo fans is, like, fans of Nintendo are going to buy Nintendo products regardless of what's happening in other spaces, regardless of what Microsoft or Sony is doing, right? Because that's just how their their fan base is. Yeah. Um, people go to the Nintendo for certain curated experiences, um, certain IPs, games like that, right? But I think what we're looking at, and I'm you can quote me on this right now. This is going to be a prediction. Oh. Where I think we're looking at a very long generation with the with the current state of consoles sure. because of you know manufacturing issues semiconductor shortages right like i wouldn't be surprised if we got a 10-year lifespan of like ps5 xbox you know series x because like they're fostering like these ecosystems with these really high performing machines that i feel like yeah we can get a 10-year stretch out of that and like nintendo is like well how do we keep on pace how do we like stay afloat right yeah they're in a in a little bit of a strange position when it comes to timing in that their mega hit console came out at the tail end of last gen yeah and now they're doing their mid-gen uh upgrade at the very fucking beginning of next gen for the other guys mm-hmm. so it, it's a curious thing where it's like are we gonna see when the other guys are doing their mid-gen uh, just a brand new nintendo console at that point or are they is the pro a move to have that kind of continuity to just like ride out like another fucking six years like like you're saying get to 10 years yeah at a certain point so i i i actually agree with the latter i think they're doing a long play with the switch because it's like why fucking abandon something that's doing so well and if the pro is your way and your means of kind of um updating the hardware so it doesn't look as woefully archaic as it does now compared mm-hmm. to the other shit yeah okay makes yeah. sense makes total sense right <laughs> so I th- in fact i think that's what the play is yeah, yeah. i think when, when nintendo has a successful console on their hands they know how to keep it going like look oh at the God. wii look at the 3ds right some of the more successful nintendo consoles that just fucking were around forever <laughs> Right. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> Jesus Christ. The yeah. Wii felt like it just, like it was still coming out just dances like yesterday. Yeah. I think it, I think it did. <laughs> to be honest with you, still printing fucking games for that thing. But uh, yeah, I wish I wish them the success. Obviously, people will fucking love the Switch. I think it's a great uh, machine for not just Nintendo IP, ah, uh, duh, but also it's a great indie machine, right? Sure. It's a great uh, machine to like, hey have new developers out there say i know where i want to put my shit it's gonna be on the switch Mm because that's the kind of experience i want to give people right these intimate smaller games just make more sense on handheld mode intimately in your hands yeah and i think on the flip side of that too if they're Mm -hmm. going to keep having like an interesting partnership with microsoft right with like 
games pass and stuff like right. that like what if microsoft was like yeah we couldn't bring like a game like i don't know i'm just gonna say like the new perfect dark right to the switch before but now <laughs> we can okay well <laughs> I, I don't think the hardware would ever get that powerful unless yeah. they're relying on streaming but i'm gonna one-up you a little bit here and i'm sorry for it i think maybe the pro is their gateway to getting game pass on this bitch yeah like, oh completely. yeah for sure like it could, could be we'll see I don't know. I'll take your bet. I honestly think out of the two partners, Nintendo would be the one more reticent about, about allowing that to happen. Mm-hmm. Whereas Microsoft would probably be like, we did it. Yeah. <laughs> like, hell yeah, we fucking did it, right? Like, they would look at that as a badge of honor to be able to say that, yeah, Nintendo's one of our partners for Game Pass. ba 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 boom Yeah. You know? It's not just like a, hey, PC sort of thing. Yeah, but then you got to really think of the limitations of, of the hardware still. I don't think it's going to be able to play Halo Infinite tomorrow. <laughs> so, oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, I wonder what, what actually makes it on there, right? Yeah. So, Maybe more so- contained offline games, but like in the moment, right, like a lot of it is indie support, like Cuphead, right? Yeah. I forget if Ori is on the Switch. It is. Yeah. It is. And then there's a few other things, too. How about this? How about you just have complete Xbox 360 backwards compatibility on the Switch? I can play uh, Burnout Revenge to my heart's content on that motherfucker. Mm -hmm. Maybe 50 Cent, Blood in the Sand. Maybe Dark Sector. Now you're talking money. Maybe even Dark Void. Why am I naming all these really bad, like, <laughs> like it started you, really tough. Because you love naming bad games from eras lost. <laughs> I love naming bad games more than good games. Yeah. People talk good games to death. It's boring. You're even the same way with movies. <laughs> what the fuck is X versus Sever? Yo! <laughs> X versus Sever is about Lucy Liu and, and uh, Antonio Banderas, uh-huh. right? They're both assassins. They're a match made in hell, if oh. you know what I mean. Anyway, number six. I yeah. <laughs> number six cyberpunk has a new director cyberpunk 2077 has a new director in gabriel amatangelo hmm. gabriel originally joined uh, cd project red in january 2020 as the game's creative director he's taking over for adam badowski who will now focus his leadership duties within cdpr including the new simultaneous development strategy for the studio's key franchises the other one's the witcher Oh, so he's going to actually be CD's PR. He, he is CD's <laughs> PR from now Interesting. on. Interesting, okay. Gabriel's previous experiences include DLC for Dragon Age Inquisition and expansions for Star Wars The Old Republic. Cyberpunk 2077 still has story DLC planned, believe it or not, so it makes sense they picked an extra content expert to helm the game. So, good oh. for him. Yeah, I like that a lot, actually. I was confused by the news at first, because I was like, this game came out. Why is it, oh, oh I guess if it's still being continuously supported, still needs a director. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's still a long tail for CD Project, or sorry, for Cyberpunk, right? Like, we have not seen the end of that game. Yeah, there's still, <laughs> the next-gen versions haven't come out yet. Mm-hmm. They're uh, supposed to be multiplayer. It sounds like they scrapped it. Did they? Yeah. The last, so when they were talking about their strategic reshuffling on the inside, they, I think they said they deprioritized the multiplayer thing. And I'm just like, well, single player barely fucking works. Yeah, so yeah, fair. yeah, that's a good, that's a good, good move, actually. Um, I, I think, um... I'm far less interested in Cyberpunk 2077 than I was, you know, around its release. Yeah. Um, I tried playing it for a bit during its, uh, let's say, its roughest stages mm-hmm. and found that most of my fun came from making fun of it because <laughs> characters were T-bone out of cars and mm-hmm. ghosts and audio cues would flip the fuck out. 
fucking NPC AI would have a character who was scripted to talk to you for a mission just walk the fuck off. Oh, that's me in, in normal life. That's my scripting. <laughs> like, it's just, it's fucking hilarious. So I was like, all right. I, I was like, let me put this down until they fix this goddamn game. But I'm not, like, excited for it anymore, like, as a property. I don't... It's interesting that they're trying to, like, pose it as, like, hey... And don't get me wrong, it did well enough to spite everything that... Oh, it sold ridiculously well. sold well, well, Despite the refunds, despite the bad PR, despite everything. Right. Apparently, fucking announcing a game seven years ahead of time is, like, the right marketing move. But, (laughs) but, uh, yeah, I, I don't know about Cyberpunk as an IP going forward, right? Where they're talking about, like, hey, this is still an important thing for us. It just feels like, um... It would feel like if Gearbox was just like, Battleborn's still very important to us. We're going to make this a thing. And people are like, you're not going to make Fetch happen. <laughs> <laughs> you know, maybe it's it's a little different here because Battleborn was dead on arrival. But yeah, this one different. was just fucking like bruised on arrival. And it, I've heard it's got a bunch of patches that make it more stable, but mm. it doesn't make the game any more, well, intriguing. It's pretty bog standard open world yeah. game slash Fallout simulator. It, it isn't a revolutionary game by any terms. <laughs> so. Yeah, I think uh, uh, it's less of a um, No Man's Sky, Battleborn scenario, and maybe more of a Fallout 76 scenario, where it's like, how can mm. we add better quality of life stuff to this game? How can we patch out the bugs? How can we make a long tail of content for this this game? Right. I, I feel like new directors is always an exciting thing, because it's like, all right, what are you going to bring to the table as somebody who's like worked for the studio for so long and obviously like has love for the property? But I feel bad because I feel like it's going to be an uphill climb for Gabriel to be like, yeah, this game, oh, man, it's a bad taste in everybody's mouth. Oh, Gabe has to know what he's getting into. He was the fucking creative director for it since 2020. Yeah. Which is also like, oh, wow, that's pretty... uh from from an audience standpoint isn't that really late in development no actually uh <laughs> not so much not so much especially how this game was developed <laughs> now i think you can't get me to touch this game until there's a ps5 version hmm. that's stable um and that's a whole other thing like when is that gonna happen when's uh, it coming back to the psn when's it gonna come back to psn which is so crazy to think that this game is not on the playstation store the follow-up on that is uh, cdpr does not know they say that's an independent decision by sony Oh, yeah. They have no idea when it's coming back. (laughs) Fuck. Yeah, Jim Ryan was probably like, oh, you fucked me once now. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Jim was like, nah, dude, you're not doing that. You you know how many returns we had to process? Oh, man, everyone's making fun of our terrible, terrible return policy. They wouldn't have known if you didn't fuck up. (laughs) Yeah. And it was probably one of those things where people were just asking for returns just to ask for returns anyway. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Even if they still want to play the game. I, I don't know. You know, I'm going to give a little advice here for CD Projekt Red. Sure. You know, as a game developer myself. Uh, I think maybe you should just put more um, more bones on The Witcher. Yeah, just go mm. ahead and uh, put all your chips on The Witcher and just kind of move in that direction for a while. CD Projekt Red, uh, you finish out 2077, but, like, I don't think you're getting a part two out of that, man. Like, won't the conversation be totally like, oh, you remember how the first one was a fucking disaster? Mm-hmm. This one looks like it might be better. And then the, the whole fucking press cycle for, like, all the years leading up to this goddamn game is going to be the same thing. We're not making our same mistakes. And it's going to be boring. Yeah, that's true. We're going to hear <laughs> that for us. years. Save us the articles. Save us the YouTube. Save us. Save us, CD Projekt Red. Just make something the fuck else. Or a spinoff title, maybe. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Cyberpunk 2076. 
Oh, there we go. Maybe well, I, I don't know year? any of the characters from Cyberpunk. Like, what was Keanu V Reeves is the main? Oh, that's uh, Johnny Knuckle so, Knuckle Fingers. Yeah, Johnny Silver Pointer John, Finger. Johnny Johnny <laughs> Guitar Man's. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, <laughs> was it Johnny Silverhands actually? Yeah, it was Silverhands. Yeah, you could do like a side story with him or like a DLC. But I, th- I think it's like they're not going to abandon it. Like that's just not going to. They're happen. not. I know they're no. not. <laughs> and, like, I know they're not. But I, like, dudes. And, and the thing about companies is like <laughs> they they're gonna try and strike for gold twice sure there, there's gonna be another cyberpunk sure. yeah they oh they <laughs> obviously made enough money to recoup the cost even yeah. for a game that's been in development for goddamn forever yeah yeah, yeah. they obviously they're they it's just it's hard to call cyberpunk a success overall right because it's it just has such a marred out of the gate reception yeah. and the game itself is not this fucking like meteoric fucking open world game that changes the way we think about games the yeah. way that they fucking marketed it yeah. forever it was supposed to revolutionize open world choice driven rpg games and it didn't barely fucking works <laughs> so. there's no fucking pathing <laughs> cars drive into the ocean it's because they're driving themselves Ah, oh, that's true. So yeah. it was actually trying to that. That's actually uh, critical commentary. <laughs> or it's maybe an office reference, like that one episode where like Michael's car via the GPS, he makes yeah. it drive into a lake. I don't. Re- yeah, yeah. I slightly remember it. It's a good. Episode. At first, I didn't remember it, and then I remembered it. Yeah, yeah. Was that like the stinger joke, like of the whole episode? Well, it was that um, technology is like ruining like big paper, right? And like how it's like <laughs> permeating everything about Dunder Mifflin and how like, oh yeah, like having GPS and like all this, like, no, like we can sell paper the old way. And it's like, oh, I drive my car into a lake. Where are the turtles? Anyway. Where are the turtles? Well, good luck, Gabriel. <laughs> I got a number seven on here and I had to do some creative writing sure. for this. this I had is... to club it together to make something that I call a triple A trailer park. And we have three triple A entries in this trailer park a a a mm-hmm. all right these are all gonna be a games you know what i'm saying you looked at far cry real weird what's going on <laughs> no, i actually on? think these are all probably going to be successful in their own regard i hope so well let's just get through them man sure this is also the topic of the show ah I tricked you we're a topic show again <laughs> you thought it was all news so we got dying light 2 stay human we got a release date for it december 7th that one went dark for a little while they even mentioned in the trailer going like hey you know we have the same difficulties you guys are going through you know mm-hmm. you ever hear of covid yeah anyway it's rough out here impacts our lives and games but December 7th is coming out. The uh, The game features... Well, you actually get to play as a new protagonist by the name of Aiden Caldwell, uh, who joins up with a group of survivors known as the Night Runners. And the whole game takes place about 15 years after the zombie apocalypse. Huh. So the first one was like on the cusp. Okay. Like it was only one city that got fucked up. Now it's the world, which hmm. is perfect escalation. That's how a virus spreads. Yeah, man. Night of the Living Dead goes into Dawn of the Dead, man. Very simple. Yeah. Drop the living, by the way. Oh, because like we get it. (laughs) But yeah, I'm super excited. I am super stoked for Dying Light. I was a huge fan of the original. It was a weird thing where I got it and then dropped it for a while. But then when I decided to go back to it, I just couldn't stop playing it. Uh, I think I was almost toward the platinum and then I gave up on it because it wanted me to do some crazy shit like kick zombies onto the moon or something. Mm -hmm. But (laughs) <laughs> very enjoyable game the big thrust of dying light if you don't know is uh parkour, parkour combat and open world and it's the first one's great i love the first mm-hmm. one so part two looks even fucking better they're showing melee in the trailer and whatnot looks disgustingly good right they say there is actual weight behind like larger weapons that you're using mm-hmm. versus like smaller ones and you can like change up your play style to like how you want to like 
take on encounters and stuff like through the stat system. Mm-hmm. I remember the stat system being actually pretty pretty uh, robust in the first game too. Mm. Uh, you felt like a fucking parkour god. That's awesome. <laughs> by like the wanna, the midpoint of the game, I want to free run over the galaxy. Yeah, it's it's great. Honestly, the parkour feels really good in the original. Mm-hmm. This one looks even better. Yeah, because it's not like a tacked on parkour system. It's like they really baked the whole game around it. Like much, much yeah. like Mirror's Edge, that was the whole mechanic of like mm-hmm. parkour. Whereas like games like Assassin's Creed, it's like you can free run up shit, but like it just feels like an additive thing that yeah. like you just use to traverse the world, and there's no like kind of like oomph to it. Right? Yeah, and it feels totally different in first person versus like what they're doing in the third person True. on Assassin's Creed too. I think yeah, Mirror's Edge is like the archetype for what they wanted to do. I I think it does parkour a little better for like a few different reasons, like just how the tactical feedback works in that game and That's how all there is like, too. no lack of locomotion for yeah. it. It's really cool. But part two should be pretty sick. The big thing that they're adding to story-wise is that um, there's like three factions in this. I didn't even check. It's a place. Call it Zombieville. Whatever mm-hmm. the fuck you want. Zombieland. Zombieland. And there's uh, Zombieland Two sucks. By the oh, way. such a bad seen movie. That one? Horrible. The fact that people think it's better than the first. I'm like, are you smoking what crack? The fuck. Did Bill Murray give you some drugs? That you, what? 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 <laughs> Bill Murray tricked you guys. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so you, there's three factions, and kind of like Fallout, you can choose between whichever the factions to help, and it actually makes demonstrable changes not only to the narrative but to the environment. Mm. Like it shows you fucking blowing up a windmill yeah. <laughs> in one part. That's power to an entire like society. <laughs> yeah. The, the big thing that they were uh, pushing the forefront early on with the game was the fact that like if you take the side of one faction or another you could sabotage them in bigger ways too like uh flooding a a town yeah yeah, like using like a sluice gate to flood an entire town so that's that's crazy yeah that that's not really present in the first game so that's a big up on this so i'm super excited to see that so like it almost seems like it'd be cool to also like uh repeat the game and see like how how else you can fucking go through and do stuff so that'd be cool um, but yeah, I'm super, I'm super stoked. I think that game's going to hit harder than people are imagining, right? Mm-hmm. Cause Dead Island never found its footing again. They tried to make part two and fucking mm-hmm. got canceled like four different times. Yeah. It was rough. Rebooted here and there. No, the real shit's Dying Light. Yeah. I think that the, the great story about Techland with Dying Light is like, they really fucking found their footing and like made a solid kind of franchise off the ashes of, of Dead Island. Yeah. That was also like Deep Silver as well. So like... So Teclan was like, yeah, that Deep Silver owns Dying, or sorry, Dead Island now, uh-huh. but Teclan was the original developer, okay. and then they moved on, and I think somebody else did Riptide, and Riptide was a piece of shit, yeah. and then they made a, a fucking third person, like, uh, Dead Rising-esque game they did, yeah. for 360. There was like a, there was a side-scroller kind of arcade type game, too. That one was, was fun. It was, was an, it was a runner one. That was fun. That was, That's not Teclan. All these spinoffs were just Deep Silver trying yeah. to mine the well, right? And then trying to get part two off the ground, which yeah. did not happen. So, so the exciting thing about this is like the improvement for the quality of life stuff, the mechanics, the combat, having more umph. Like I, I have no pulse for Dying Light because I played maybe like five hours of the first one. I thought it was fun, mm-hmm. but it didn't really like stick with me. Like I dropped it pretty hard for whatever mm-hmm. reason. I was like, oh yeah, it's like, I, I think I got more like lost and overwhelmed by like the open world aspects. But like the, my takeaway was like the navigation the free running and then the combat and the fact that your combat has so much more weight than dead island ever did like that's the thing like dead island (laughs) that that harps so hard on combat it feels very flimsy oh yeah like you're playing with like kind of play swords and like you see in this kind of trailer deep dive like you see 
the, the main character drop kicking people. You see like really like brutal takedowns. They do a double stomp on somebody's head. Yep. So there's going to be some cool interplay of like contextual stuff that I think is going to be fucking awesome to elevate the gameplay. Um, I don't know if I should play the first one before running into this one, but um, it looks cool. It's not a day one for me. Um, I know this is this is way more your bag. Oh, it's definitely a day one for yeah. me. Fuck yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll buy it right away. <laughs> I've been waiting for this one for quite some time. Yeah, yeah I love Dying Light. Um, yeah, I could see, like, I, I think you, you have an easier time leaving open world games <laughs> than I do, right? Yeah. Like, which is fine. Like, I've, that's the thing. I, I'm thinking, like, you're like, yeah, for some reason I just stopped playing. I was like, because it's an open world game. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it is. Answer, I yeah. get weird executive dysfunction with open world yeah. games. The starting quests are always, like, really weird fetch quests or go find this person, bring them back to your fucking settlement. And it's just, like, the, right. the beginning parts of the game felt very, like, boilerplate. But I'm sure, like, once the story, like, kicks off it's great. yeah it goes in super interested places and then it goes to different areas too and then the dlc's added like co-op and dune buggies mm-hmm. and like the co-op's really cool so i'm hoping this one has co-op but yeah. i don't think it will at first i'm not sure probably not i'm not sure maybe they'll develop it later yeah probably but super excited for dying light yeah i'm excited for you i know are you excited for this next one actually yes hmm. and at first i wasn't okay that's far cry 6 wow so i don't really give a shit about far cry 4 and 5 Four and five are tepid mm-hmm. to me. I really enjoyed three. I thought Primal was a shit ton of fun. Oh yeah, it was amazing. And, and then, what was the spinoff one? Something Dragon? Neon Dragon? Oh, uh, Blood Dragon. Blood Dragon, there we go. Blood Dragon was the shit too. Yeah. That was a spinoff of three. Yeah, Blood Dragon was the shit. So you had these things that I was really like, you know, kind of up on. And then four came out and I was like, this is kind of bland. Mm-hmm. And the Troy Baker doing an accent thing doesn't make a great <laughs> villain. And then part five came out and like they just fucking dropped the ball with like everything that they were saying. Like it could have been a very much like a, uh, like a satire, like a takedown of like yeah. Trump in America and such. And they were just like, no, they're crazy cultists. Ah. I was like, no, come on. No. Yeah. Ubisoft needs to stop soft pedaling with their fucking like political stance on video games. Cause like you make very political leaning games. Yeah. They don't the know. Build. They don't know how I'll, I'll have a comment on that in a second. Cause that actually ties into this, but the gameplay looked pretty sick. It's actually set in a place called Yara, which is a fictional Caribbean island ruled mm-hmm. as a dictatorship by El Presidente Anton Castillo, who was portrayed by Giancarlo Esposito. You know him from his famous roles. Uh, Breaking Bad. The Breaking Bad Man. He's from The Boys. The the, the Bad Mandalorian Man. Mm. Uh, he plays like a villain in everything these days. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, he plays very basically typecast. the same person. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's also in the second Maze Runner film. Oh. Oh. I still need to see the third one. <laughs> Do you? I didn't know you had a lot of uh, had investment in Maze well, Runner. Well, I can't just see two of a trilogy and fucking give up. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. As, as you're watching through Lord right? of the Rings right now, you can't. Oh. Oh, then I am on the yeah. two towers right now. I which feels just you know it's great. Uh, everyone's in trouble in that movie. It's great. Maybe one day we'll go back and do a retroactive review cast on all those movies. of the yeah. Lord of the Rings. Oh, I have a lot of thoughts. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so in this one, you actually play as a character, a guerrilla fighter by the name of Danny Rojas, which I believe is the first female protagonist in Far Cry. Remember when Ubisoft was like, we can't build games around women. Yeah, it's too hard. We're I don't remember it. if Five did the thing where it's like you can choose male or female. I don't remember. Uh, yeah, I really I, don't remember. I don't know if it did or but not. But this is the one where it's like you definitively play as a female, which is awesome. Oh, yeah, and I will say mainline, because there is a spinoff of Five that has you playing as female characters. Oh, that's what I'm thinking of. That's Yeah, that's the one. What was that called? New Dawn? New Dawn. Yeah. New Dawn. So never mind. It's not exciting anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the thing. Let's talk about the game real quick. Mm-hmm. As far as like differences go, I like that it's going back to an island 
uh, base setting. That's mm-hmm. kind of the cool thing about Far Cry Three. You're isolated in an island. You're not just out in the Himalayas or Montana. Mm-hmm. What the fuck? Why did you ever think that would be a good setting, Montana? I mean, it could have been. Is yeah. the thing like <laughs> because like you think of the Fallout games, right, and how they're always set in these weird post-American like wastelands, right? Mm-hmm. And with Ubisoft and how they build their open world games, look at the Division, even right. Like there was such a a possibility of there being a rich world. Montana is not the same as New York fucking city or even DC. Like I'll say that 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 like yeah, cityscapes make sense. That's rich. Sure, Fallout even still plays with ruined city shit. This one, Montana was just like, dirt! Montana's got, like, <laughs> corn and I think probably the Montucket cold snack or something like that. They got that. some cold snacks. <laughs> yeah. It has things. <laughs> the what? The Pawtucket cold snack? <laughs> the, the Montucket cold snack. It's like a, a PBR from Montana. <laughs> yeah. It's a thing. That's they got. Yeah, it must Find be. it at your local gas station <laughs> and brewery. Well, anyway, I like the setting. Yeah. It- <laughs> I like, I think the character having actual like attitude and personality is cool like she's very like present in the uh, trailer they released today Mm -hmm. or or yesterday um in cut scenes and there's even like pan pan outs to like third person when you're using certain weapons and stuff you're also using whatever the fuck you can get your hands on which is cool so it goes back to that very turnkey style of like i'm good like you have a fucking cdr gun if you don't know what that means, it's a gun that shoots blank CDs at your enemies. Yeah. Think of, like, if you guys have ever played Dead Space, like, the Ripper Saw, where you can shoot, like, saw blades off. But CDs. But it's a CD gun. <laughs> it, it reminds me of, like, the, the, the weapon crafting from games like Dead Rising yeah. or uh, Dead Island. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then you have um, a Gatling gun made out of a car engine. Oh, that's so cool. That's fucking sick. So all that looks pretty sick. And I like the whole the vibe of like, hey, we're we're going after uh, a despot. We're going after a dictator, sure. right? We're going to like disrupt this whole situation. Very just cause, right? Yeah. Um. So I again, even with like the fallout or sorry, sorry, far cries that I didn't care for, the gameplay has always been super sound. Mm-hmm. And I'm seeing all the shit that makes me want to like just pick up the controller again. But now that the story seems to have a little more flavor that I enjoy, I'm like, okay, this looks better. And humor, by the way, lots of humor here. You can fucking uh, befriend alligators to kill your enemies, self style, which is just fucking ridiculously fun. That looks cool. And the alligators wear t-shirts. Yeah, but yeah, any anything land for you on this uh, from that trailer? It's kind of similar to, like, how Dying Light 2's trailer struck me, where it's, like, there's a bit more in terms of combat oomph. Mm-hmm. Um, the world looks fun. Like, you have instances where, like, you're fucking, you know, commandeering a speedboat or a helicopter and stuff yeah. like that. So it's, like, yeah, I think, like, you're going to have a lot to play with in this world, and that's, that's really cool. Far Cry story is, like... I mean, I've only played Primal, right? Sure. Which is a pretty, like, kind of bare-bones story, um, which I, I dug... But I, other than that, like, I can't really speak to, like, you know, how strong the narratives have been. It looks mm. like they're trying to set up something cool here. Um, and then that whole, like, kind of, like, vert, like, kind of pantomime Cuba, right? Like, yes. the world and, like, environments, like, look really lush and cool. And I like that there is such an acknowledgement of Danny as a character in that world where it's like, you're not just like a fucking faceless nothing. And you're not just like a white guy being yeah. like dropped in the middle of a different country. Right. Mm-hmm. That, that's what Far Cry three did by the way. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I like that. The, the only thing I will say though is, um, they got in a little hot water. The, uh, I believe the narrative director did cause he was, you know, having an interview with a site called the gamer. Oh, not on fortune. And the way that it's being billed by the way, is that, 
<laughs> all every high headline is saying like, oh, Ubisoft says Far Cry Six is not making a political statement, mm-hmm. and that's oh, it, geez. and that's it, that's and like that's immediately I'd be like, oh, here we go again, <laughs> yeah. right? Like fucking strap up for this discourse, right? But in actuality, <laughs> here's a full quote. He was actually asking, he was being asked about the influences of guerrilla fighters in the fifties uh, and sixties in Cuba, mm-hmm. and the team actually spent a month in Cuba to kind of like get inspiration for how sure. they wanted to design the game. But here's uh, the quote from narrative director, Navid Kavari. He said, quote, but we also fell in love with the culture and people we met when we came out of that. It wasn't that we felt we had to do Cuba. We realized it's a complicated Island and our game doesn't want to make a political statement about what's happening in Cuba specifically. Remember that in Cuba specifically. Beyond that, we're drawing inspiration from guerrilla movements around the world and throughout history. For us, it felt like doing the island of Yara would help us uh, tell that story while being very open with our politics and inspiration. Politics and inspiration, got it. So I I will give this where people are trying to dunk on them for the same thing. And like the pull quote from the dude is actually saying, we're not trying to tell a story about where we stand politically with Cuba. Which is like, it feels like people are kind of like reaching a little bit. Mm Mm-hmm. But let's actually look the bear in the face here where it's like, well, you're still using political imagery to tell your story. Mm -hmm. You're still framing it as the oppressed versus oppressors. Mm -hmm. And it almost feels like they don't want to like they're they're hemming the line there trying to play both sides and be like, well, you know, yeah, there's a bad guy. Yeah. It's like, okay, so you're taking a side there. So why do you keep on like making these fucking statements about how like we're not trying to say anything of this game? <laughs> you know here's a thought ubisoft yeah. if you want to run freely fancifully with that notion of like we're not making political games have a fictitious world that is removed from an actual place so like yara because, is that yeah but it's also definitely cuba yeah like just just make <laughs> like, entirely fictitious areas that play with like political revolutionary guerrilla warfare theming right i i actually i have another bent to that if you want to have a game where you're not making a political statement, but are still using political imagery, uh-huh. like revolution fighters, guerrilla fighters, um, just admit that you're using this imagery and material superficially. Yes. Just fucking admit that, you know, hey, it's just window dressing for our shoot shoot. You know, like, like they'll never do that. Right. But it almost feels like I, I am, I'm just sick of this wishy washy, just kind of like, no, you know, it's complicated. Things are complex, you know, but it's like you obviously set up an oppressor. And the oppressed, mm-hmm. which mimics real-world events. Yes, that are happening not only in Cuba, but in a lot of different regions of the world. Right. right? I.e. Like, Palestine. Okay. All right, so guys. <laughs> here, here's my thing, and I feel like it's specifically because of the medium of gaming that this is always going to be a hurdle for devs. For, yeah. Because, like, gamers don't want politics in their games. They also don't want females in their games. You guys need to fucking grow up. But This has both. This has both. Politics <laughs> and females. But... It's, I, it's a wonder that the gamers like these uh, uh, Far Cries. I feel like other hmm. mediums, like, I'm going to pull two examples here. I'm going to pull Alan Moore, right, and Watchmen and V for Vendetta, right? Sure. Could you imagine if Alan Moore and Dave Gibbons retroactively are like, yeah, these comics aren't political about anything going on in, like, England or the UK? <laughs> like, it would totally take the entire oomph of what was going on in those eras when these, like, graphic novels are being made and like that that gives them so much more of a power punch right well one it would feel completely dishonest it would be dishonest and removed from the depictions (laughs) that i'm seeing in the story and i feel exactly the same about ubisoft where it's like it feels like you're just being dishonest because you don't want gamers to scream at you yeah and then same thing with as i just did my complete watch of the boys season one and two having not seen them yet yeah um if that 
show was like, yeah, we're not going to take a political stance on dictatorships or oppression with, with like the character Stormfront, right? And like, you know, Vought as a company and like kind of their dealings, their shady dealings. It would take a lot of umph out of it. But these other mediums can run away with it because I think it's just more acceptable, ex- not acceptable, accepted in those areas where it's like, oh yeah, mm. that's fine. That's cool to have a comic that's like really satirizing or saying a political commentary on a thing. Because that's what right. those mediums are for. Video games are playthings, Kevin. They're, They're play power things. fantasies. I want to go to Cuba and fucking kill a, a, a person with a CD. Right. I think <laughs> you know? one of the arguments that I saw online from somebody I followed and I was surprised that they would say it um, is that like, you know, not all games need to be political. Some people actually play games to escape politics. And I'm like, okay, sure. that's fine. I think we can, we don't need to rabbit hole into the argument of like all art is inherently political in some form or fashion. I think that's a stretch argument when you're talking about like Katamari or something like that. I guess because sure. that'll be somebody's like response, right? And I'm like, yeah, you're right. Not all games have to be political, but Far Cry doesn't have to be political, and yet the developers insist on using political imagery <laughs> and fucking story undertones yeah. to tell their story. So to have them like outright just be like, but you know, miss me with politics, dog. <laughs> It just feels dishonest yeah. and superficial. It's it's a far cry yeah. from what they're actually doing. Ah! I know. It's, sorry. I had to do one dad but, but I wanted to be fair in that this guy's getting dunked on specifically because, again, the only reason is he stepped on a landmine that is classically put there by Ubisoft to begin with. Yeah. But he was saying, we're not trying to say anything about Cuba specifically. Mm. Now, like He just happened to use the trigger words of not political. <laughs> yeah. I think he otherwise had a very transparent yeah. statement. Right. But... You know, if you don't want to say something about Cuba, set it somewhere else. Yeah, like but you, you would have like that problem anywhere else. You went said to it. Cuba yeah. and made a game that looks like Cuba. That would be like setting a game in 1960s Cuba surrounding the Cuban Missile Crisis and everything yeah. that was going on there, and not having it be a political commentary. Yeah, well, actually, that happened. It's called Black Ops. There we go. There we go. The game that truly had nothing to say about the politics that it played with. <laughs> That's a really fair point. It's a great game. I think. I think it's a great game, yeah. but it was just like. <laughs> Again, another window dressing situation, yeah, right? Sure. But otherwise, I think the game looks fun. Mm-hmm. I just think um, I saw somebody tweeted out going like, I have a lot of white friends in games media that are definitely going to review this game. Please remember like some of these statements that Ubisoft has made uh, that their games are apparently not political while yeah. utilizing political imagery. So it's like, okay. Yeah. Same thing with like how Cyberpunk, right? Where it's like, hey, please address like some of the anti-trans sentiment. Mm. Not just say, oh, this is so much fun playing with Keanu Reeves. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Silverhand's so funny. Yeah. He's the he's my best friend. Yeah. You, if you're going to review a game, you have to review all the nuances of it too, I think. Yeah. So. Yeah. Let's talk about a game that's super political, right? Oh, yeah. Super political. Yeah, it takes like, place in America. Right. Like, you know, the oppressors, the dinosaur robots, <laughs> and then the oppressed beautiful alloy <laughs> and her jorts her summer jorts oh she's got a tropical fun look it is a fun look so we got horizon forbidden west had a state of play 14 goddamn mm-hmm. minutes of gameplay was shown off including including a bridge that i have been on oh. that's completely dilapidated now and it's super eerie i think it was the golden bridge right? yeah. yeah golden gate golden gate bridge thank mm-hmm. you uh I love that area, actually. Yeah, I think the setting is, like, just super perfect. Yeah, California for this game? Fuck yeah, dude. Well, it's also, like, kind of the other side of the coin from, like, being in, like, you know... It was Denver. Yeah, 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 yeah. Denver and Colorado in the first game. And having, like, all these, like, very, like mountainous frozen mm. areas so right right yeah we we, lo- we lose out on the fro zone but yeah. we gain the beach and i love beaches, beach right yeah. and swimming mechanics were shown off too i was like yo the swimming looks really 
fluid. Oh, man. <laughs> I did it. You did it. I did it. Well, the first game had swimming, but it was, like, did on really? a typical, like, swimming mechanic where it's like, oh, if you stay underwater for too long, you fucking suck. Oh, yeah. You can, yeah. you have, like, a breather or yeah, something. Yeah, so, in this like, game. you're going to be free swimming all over the yeah, place. Yeah, I think that's going to be cool. And yeah. that's, that. you know, they're going to put so many fucking collectibles underwater now. Yeah, they, they are. You got to go search My for. God. Actually, that's the worst thing in open world games underwater collectibles. Assassin's, Assassin's Creed, Creed Odyssey, Odyssey did that, that shit to me, dude. All over the oh, place. I oh, I hated my God. it. Oh, God. But no, at least, like, I hope they don't do it. <laughs> well, I'll give Horizon Zero Dawn a lot of credit where it actually is very good at marking the world for collectibles and things. Yes. So right. I imagine they're just going to do this yeah. the same way. Yeah. So it looks visually impressive. We saw some ray tracing God. going on. It was running on the PlayStation 5. Looks absolutely beautiful. Um, I was watching a stream of a stream. And even with all the decompression, <laughs> it still looks really great. Yeah. Yeah. It looks, <laughs> looks amazing still. And super, super uh, just smooth. Mm-hmm. And then... Uh, when it comes down to like you know the visual presentation too, or it looks like California, mm-hmm. like it looks like an overgrown California. It looks beautiful, right? And then the dinosaur—they had raptors, yeah, like actual raptors, not like the Reaver things from the first game. No, mm-hmm. these were like like the Jurassic Park yeah. raptors Pull-off walking raptors. around, but RoboCop style. And I think do they function as mounts too? Yes, they yeah. do. She fucking gets one of them with her her fucking convince you stick. Yeah. I forget what it was called. I'm gonna convince you to be my my mount. <laughs> You're my pal now. <laughs> yeah. And then riding around oh my god it's so cool and then the whole demonstration ends with uh, a big gigantic mammoth fight yeah like a metal and, mammoth which is like one of the best parts of the first game is fighting any gigantic mm-hmm. robot anything it's just like oh, so yeah. many breakable parts and so many different things that you can do to like uh trip it up and shit yeah oh. and using the parts against them like oh you get like a yeah uh, i forget a lot of the names of the enemies in the first game because it's Me been a too. while yeah. but like i think there there's a jaw tooth you can break off a part of it and use it mm-hmm. like against it as like a gatling gun and stuff like that so it's gonna be a lot more of that like having collectible pieces that you can there and like use to your advantage which yeah, is I'm, fucking dope. I'm super excited. I'm excited yeah. for this one. I loved Horizon Zero Dawn. Um, I know at the time that it came out, the discussion was completely centered around like, which one's better, Breath of the Wild or Horizon? And it's just like it's they're they're different. They have different goals, mm-hmm. but one of them is obviously more Far Cry Assassin's Creed yeah. than another one just being like fucking there's no script go crazy yeah. <laughs> you know there's actually there's two kind of things that came out around the same time about oh, really? horizon and we'll, we'll stick to the first part real quick where i think hopefully <laughs> they don't run into the same problem with uh horizon forbidden west where it's like you know maybe nintendo drops breath of the wild Jesus 2 around the Christ. same time and it's the same cyclical conversation for such five years later yeah about which one did what better and it's God like they're it. two very different open world games yeah i prefer what horizon did as like an action open world game mm-hmm. versus like you know what breath of the wild did where it's like <laughs> exploration make your own fun play like kind of sandbox situation yeah um, they both do exploration in very like interesting ways but i prefer how uh, girl games did horizon with yeah it. that was the thing like yeah. it, it couldn't you couldn't get on a jump on the twitter and just be like hey man I happen to like Horizon way better than Breath of the Wild, which was, like, my opinion, because people would just fucking thrash you. They would thrash you on that. Mm -hmm. But it's, like, it's true. I love Horizon, and Breath of the Wild wasn't for me. I think it's a quality game. Mm -hmm. It does a bunch of survival-y things that just, like, are not my thing, typically. Mm -hmm. And holistically, it was just like, yeah, I'm not having as much fun as fucking mounting robot dinosaurs. I'm sorry. It it was such a, like, gameplay or... Well, I mean, they both are in their own own way, but, like, I just like the (laughs) gaminess of Horizon more, you know? (laughs) how I'm traversing the world, the things I'm doing, the takedowns, this and that. The second point of contention that I feel like is going to circulate with this sequel, and I've already seen it, is people talking about Horizon 
uh, and cultural appropriation with Ooh. Aloy being like a native character, basically, right. and like kind of the the headwear and, and and hairstyling she has. And I've already seen it. People are like, oh yeah, it's fine to be excited for a game, but let's also not like ignore the glaring parts of it. And I'm just like, yep, that was 2017's conversation. As that well. was the same thing. Okay, yeah. 2017. <laughs> so. That's always a tough one, right? Because yeah. I think. Um, I am not an authority on what's cultural appropriation no, not or not, and I'm definitely like an audience member that made like that kind of shit will like miss me yeah. completely. So like I, it's hard for me to judge. It's like oh, someone's calling it out. Like what's the degree of it? Right? Yeah. Is it terrible? Like in this, it's like well, like when it comes down to, it's almost like me talking about Far Cry Six, which is like well, they're not doing the thing, but they're using that imagery to tell yeah. their story. So it's like oh, yeah. are they avoiding it? How do you skirt around it? Yeah. It's weird. I'll, I'll leave it to like indigenous native people if they yeah. think it's a problem then yeah they're they're coming from a place of like knowledge with it because mm-hmm. it's their culture but yeah otherwise like i was astounded by this state of play i love that sony does these for like a lot of their marquee titles like the ones we've gotten for days gone and last of us part two and and ratchet and clank um was it called drift apart more recently drift apart yeah. rift oh apart. rift apart there we go yeah ratchet and clank break up <laughs> ratchet and clank tokyo drift <laughs> oh i like it but yeah. i like these deep dives because they give like just so much of an opportunity to just show the game and granted right. there was commentary like kind of bookending it from i don't know who it was i don't know if it was like the creative director or somebody i forget uh i think it was the creative director yeah. or the narrative director i think actually jumped yeah. in one, one, one of the devs on yeah. it um so like that stuff is cool but like in the middle you're letting the game show itself you're letting it speak for yourself and letting us take right. away those impressions and the impressions were really strong i think there's a lot of like quality and life improvements we're gonna see mm-hmm. in terms of like traversal like getting a grappling hook um the hard light glider that you get ah yeah which is really neat that's where fun. It's like, oh i can jump off a clip and i'm gliding much like breath of the wild dude. oh wow wow but i think that it's just gonna make traversing the world that much more fun i love that people call out shit like that where yeah. it's like oh breath of the wild did that yeah did you have fun with it there yeah so why do you hate it here do you like gliding in games or do you not well something did a good thing yeah. and you hate that others are doing the same good thing yeah interesting <laughs> <laughs> uh, like i said i i feel like mechanics should be shared with games if it's a good idea sure i i always thought that since getting my hands on batman arkham asylum i said Every 3D brawler needs to play like this. And then they started to. And it was a renaissance. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But then other stuff, quality of life stuff, is that the melee combat actually looks good. Yeah, it does. This the, fir- does. the first game was kind of like the, the melee stiff. combat was secondary for me. I yeah. would almost never use it. Yeah, super stiff in the first yeah. one. Like they got the uh, arrow really right yeah. in the first game. And then melee was just like, eh, I'll use this maybe. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm glad that they're changing that. I don't know. You you said it's probably not as exciting fighting human enemies because it's not. Oh, it never is game. for me. Yeah. So there's definitely more human enemies in this yeah. sequel. We'll see if that plays out <laughs> in any good way. I'm, I'm worried about it because, like, the, the showcase of, like, you know, taking down that area of bandits and that, like, it looked like kind of like an overgrown, like, plaza in San Francisco. It was, like, really dope. But, like, mm. I know they're just going to, like, do that times 30. And yeah. that gets kind of boring for me after a while. Bandit camps. Yeah. And, yeah. like, I, a few games do it in interesting ways. I think Horizon 1 did it in in spare numbers. And then same with Ghost of Tsushima, where it's like, okay, you're going to have three main areas you go through. 
choose how you want to work through it. But mm-hmm. I think like the problem with the Horizon Bandit camps was like they go topsy turvy so fast. Like it's almost like you can play it however you want, but there's really only one way you should be playing it. You should be stealthing mm, through it. Whereas yeah. like I feel like the encounters against like the the mechanoid mechanoid dinosaurs, like there's so much more tactics. Like I'm gonna lay a trap. I'm gonna shoot off this part. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna ride on a mount and fucking throw arrows at you. And like there's just so much more pulling me into that. And I'm afraid of it doing just like here's. 30 checklist bandit camps that just mm. so you can fucking fill out objectives i think horizon does a great job at filling out its world in other ways i.e like the collectibles like yeah they're 50 50 for me where like i don't obviously like collecting stupid like relics like a teacup set or whatever or the banooks but like yeah. i liked you know getting like the the visual logs of like this is what colorado looked like you know a thousand years ago and that was really neat mm-hmm. um but like the cauldrons right and kind of like digging into the history of that world and like how those were interesting segments at areas and i want to see more of that i don't want to just see copy and paste bandit camps everywhere yeah so I could see that. Yeah. I I feel a little differently. Like I like the the way that you framed it. It makes bandit camp sound fucking god awful and boring. They are, but they never are for me because it's fun to play a game. I'm sorry, but sure, the sure. game like if the mechanics are good enough in a game like Ghost of Tsushima, it's not a fucking boring thing when it's like oh there's like 50 dudes in this camp and I get to go kill them. Yeah, that's exciting to me. So I think if they <laughs> do a thing where they make it more of an event like interactive yeah. thing and the combat obviously being improved like kind of hand to hand combat. And I feel like I could take people on more one-on-one or maybe like it's one of those things where it's like if we're fighting and maybe there's a dinosaur in the area, it comes into the camp and just wreaks Mm. havoc. Like just kind of, they could do such like more in terms of like living world moments with it as well. You're looking for more emergent gameplay. Yeah. Like you want like interesting things to happen almost like in every like quadrant. Yeah. Cause I mean, maybe this is my recency bias having played like 80 hours of Assassin's Creed Odyssey and having bandit camps in every fucking region yeah well that game is just overstuffed with it that one does it like overdoes it i don't i didn't think i didn't feel that way about horizon i was like this is actually the right amount yeah. and i think what i've also noticed from people to play open world games that have checklist style stuff they seem to group together the same activities mm-hmm. so like rather than going back and forth between oh i'm gonna go ahead and do like cauldrons and go back to bandit camps they'll do a fucking laundry list of bandit camps <laughs> yeah i mean that's how i did ghost of shishima where i'm like Which okay like, area one act one i'm gonna hit yeah, all of this and it's like no island. wonder you fucking hate it <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got to mix up a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Get in there and go, go, go do A activity, go do B activity. But mm-hmm. yeah, like I get what you're saying where it's like, yeah, that game in particular felt like there was only one right way to take down the bandit camps, which is the only stealth. I think later in the game that got way easier for me when it was like, well, even if I do get caught, I'm just overpowered, dude. Like, you're not going to get me. I got my fucking perfect suit on. Sure. I'm going to fucking headshot you. You're done. Mm-hmm. Like, I was actually looking forward to these open encounters. But yeah, it's... I had the same feeling about Spider-Man. I was like, fuck yeah, I get to take on all these rooftops full of enemies. <laughs> but yeah, I've, I've heard this comment before. We're like, ah, oh, that's boring. I'm like, well, that's the gameplay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's the gameplay. It's how you open out the world. It's how you pad the experience, yeah. right? Because it's not... It, be it, but it has no story connection. It has no yeah. other basis to like make it like feel like anything other than just pure gameplay like set yeah. piece thing, right? Yeah. I mean, the first one did it, I think, well, where it's like, here's like the Karja, here's the Eclipse, here are these hmm. bandit camps you have to overtake. Much like... Goes to Tsushima, like the Mongols are taking over these areas. You have to take it back for your fucking, you know, land, right? Right. Great. And I think it still do a similar story thing, but it's just like I want it to feel a little less by the numbers. By the numbers, uh, like especially because Horizon has such an interesting world yeah. that you can fill it out with cooler things, right? It's true. So. 
so that's just me i know that's okay what what were some of your other takeaways or or hopes for this game hopes for this game i wanted to do what one did but better mm-hmm. and that's exactly what i saw yeah. that's my takeaway from this i'm not seeing anything that's like oh wow they're really adding some crazy new mechanics to this game it's like no there's like a okay you got a hang glider cool yeah. that's a that's a neat thing right mm-hmm. um i i think it's more about like for me horizon one story actually got me good I think oh, um, such a good story. it's a super interesting story. I think it's it actually had a a kind of um intrigue around the mystery of like, well, what is this? What what mm-hmm. happened to the world before us? What led to fucking organic style like like or sorry, robots that think they're human oh, sorry, not even humans, but robots that think they're animals yeah. walking around like fauna. What like what made that? What's going on? And by the end of the story when you figure out the connections, the personal connections that Aloy has to that, mm-hmm. it was like, oh Yeah, and who her mother was and all that. It right. was that game that got me good. Really like for as like big as the world scope was for it, the main story was kind of really personal yeah. for Aloy. And so it, I'm afraid that the sequel is going to abandon some of that stuff mm-hmm. and like just tell like a more, you know, kind of like a bigger Mass Effect 2, like the world in peril kind of sure. story. Because literally the trailer ended with like, that storm is coming and here's this big violent storm. Yeah. And I'm just like, ah, where's the where's the personal moments, yeah. man? Where's What's the justification at? for them going out west? Yeah, exactly. And like, is it, does it actually have more to tell or unravel with the story with her mother? Because mm-hmm. it seems like that was like really done by the end of the first game. Yeah. It's, so it's been a while since I've beaten the game, but there was a story thread that ended where there was a character who you kind of worked with, who you couldn't tell what side they were on. Oh, Lance Reddick's character? Is that who that was? Yeah, And yeah. then they reveal themselves to kind of be, like, a villain at the end, and yeah. there's more kind of at play, so I wonder if that character is going to come back. Uh, he has to, yeah. because, yeah, that feels, like, unresolved in some way, right? Yeah. But, yeah, I feel like that was a sequel setup for sure, for so sure. I hope they get him back. But, yeah, I, I want the story to really land for me, like the the first did, because I think they did a great job there, but I'm almost afraid that the sequel's not going to have that same emotional thrust, just mm-hmm. because it's like, it's a sequel in a new place with new threats, and da-da-da-da, you know? But I... It could. Sucker Punch, they, they've done good. Wait, it's not Sucker, Sucker Punch. Who Gorilla. Oh, we're in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> but even look at like um yeah. look at Naughty Dog, right, with Last of Us Part One and Two, right? Where it's like, okay, you gave us the emotional thrust of these characters and that still sticks with them because there's continuity between the narrative. And I feel like they're gonna try and maybe do that as well. Yeah. Um I think there's still a lot of potential to tell a very deep story with it. Right. It's also gonna be like, hey, we expanded our world, we added quality of life stuff. Here's here's video game the open world again. Yeah, and how and how is Aloy <laughs> gonna be challenged in yes. this one, right? Like how is she gonna grow as a person? Because I kinda like that about her in the first game where I mean you start the game when she's a little girl, basically. Basically. And you get yeah. to see her kind of like evolve as a character and what her placement in the world is. Mm-hmm. But what, what are we going to do in this one to actually like challenge who she is as a character? Yeah, it's tough because like you see like, you know, she's kind of like reviled in the tribe she's a part of. Yeah, they like all she, love her now. She loses her father figure and then like all the stuff of like the proving and her kind of like building herself up to be like somebody of reputation and worth mm-hmm. in that world. I And granted, there's carryover characters, right? There's what's his name? Erend or Errol? From the first game, like with the weird though. mutton chop. I saw him. Yeah, he's yeah, in yeah. the trailer. So, like, you know, obviously there's carryover characters. Yeah, so we'll we'll see. We will see. Indeed. But no release date. None. Which is interesting. Yeah, yeah. It kind of speaks to the times we live in, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they probably just don't know, or they're not confident with the release date right yeah. now. Yeah, it's not. If they knew it, they would tell us. Yeah, I honestly think they would tell us, right? Because this is that would only further instigate people to pre-order it or whatever right sure. whatever that these companies seem to want mm-hmm. but the fact that they didn't say it means <laughs> yeah and i yeah. think there's like a lot of like risk aversion with like wanting to announce something too early 
right? We've sure. seen it happen with games like Cyberpunk, right? And like the tail end of like that disastrous PR cycle and all that was. I think like Sony yeah. knows like, hey, we're going to get this kind of as ready made as possible. And then when we're ready to announce a date, we'll announce it. And if it gets moved back like like a month or however many weeks, that's what happens, right? Yeah, it's like, but at least it's ready at that they're point. They're giving them a, they're giving themselves a pass to delay yeah. it. That's what I feel. And the, the, and then the question comes down to, is this game going to get delayed? And I would say in these wonderful COVID times, yeah. maybe. It might. It might. Nothing's off the not table. It's not going to be the fucking end of the world. Yeah. We'll probably just get pushed into early 2022. Yeah. Which is fine. Yeah, because they're still doubling down on the fact that like they're, they're saying it's a 2021 game. Yeah. And I think they're, they're, there's a window where I think it could come out, like probably between like August and October. But like if, mm. if that was going to be the, the window... They would need to announce something probably by like June or July. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, it's... yeah. Maybe at the next day to play, like yeah, yeah, like do it there. But yeah, I don't know. I at first I thought like, is this a drip feed thing where there's going to be like more to show before release? I think they were going to see it at least twice more before release of the game. And are they just holding the date there? But like, no, I, I have a strong suspicion it's because they don't they don't want to announce one right now. Yeah, <laughs> very simple. I didn't realize it was PS4 and PS5. Didn't realize that either. Yeah. Um, and we might see that with their core franchises for a little while mm-hmm. now, right? Because the install base is obviously much bigger on PS4. Yeah. So that's just money off the table if you're saying it's exclusive to PS5. Exactly. Especially since motherfuckers can't get a hold of one. Yeah. Yeah. So, makes sense to me. We're going to see that until, like, two years from now. Sure. <laughs> Undoubtedly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, uh, it, like, God of War, that's also PS4, right? I think I remember them saying it was PS4, PS5. I think so. There's so little known about that game. Uh, yeah, we're confused if the logo's real or not. Yeah, or if the name is actually Ragnarok. <laughs> is it Ragnarok? Yeah. Some some key presentation said that it was, but yeah. okay. Yeah, because, like, with the announcement of Sony being part of Games Fest, uh, there was, like, kind of a, a f- I don't know what it's called, a flyer or an image with all, like, kind of the studios that are going to be a part of it. Yeah. And, and IPs as well, and they put God of War Ragnarok with, like, a fan-made logo. I Apparently, like, yeah. it's the same <laughs> that you can Google. It's it's strange, but yeah, we'll, we'll see. I, I'm excited to see what that's going to be, though. That's the game that I just have no confidence in, in it coming out this year, though. Yeah, I like, think it's... None. Like, like uh, deep 2022, probably, or 2023. I can't even remember. Was it announced during COVID or before? It was announced during COVID. Was it really? It was the same um, event that they announced Forbidden West. Gotcha. Yeah, it was the last thing they showed. Okay. Yeah, that was a good show, actually. I remember that. Where's that cat game? Oh, Stray? Yeah. Yeah. Where's Stray? I don't know. We're not asking the real questions here. What's the release date (laughs) of Stray? Fuck this Forbidden West stuff. Yeah. I mean, I want Forbidden West. I mean, I want Stray. Yeah. There's still, like, kind of a window of, like, Sony games they need to get through, I think, before they start pumping up their new tent poles, right? Yeah. Like, Like, Kenna... Bridge of Spirits, Stray, oh, maybe one. Five Nights at Freddy's. Uh, what's the game from uh, the studio that did Hyperlight Drifter? Um, Astral, no. Something Astral, you're right. Something. Solar Ash? Solar Ash, there we go. Is that right? Yeah, so th- I feel like there's still games they need to pump out first yeah. before they're like, okay, here's our new stuff for like end of 21, 22, right? Oh yeah, next so. month we're going to hear a whole ton of shit. Oh yeah. We're going to be fucking drowning in games and we're going to wish it didn't go down this way. We're going to wish that less games came out. We're going to say, get these fucking tent poles out of this year, Sony. And Sony be like, God damn it, we'll do it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm going to have fucking Aloy's like kind of amphibious breather. So I'll, I'll be able to swim through this fucking deluge of games. Fuck those games. <laughs> they can't stop me. I only want to play Fortnite. Forever. Wasn't Aloy the hit character from Fortnite that the game spawned off of? Oh, wait a second. Yeah. She's in Fortnite, isn't she? Yeah. <laughs> God damn it. Everybody's in Fortnite. 
They're the f- <laughs> they're the Funko Pop of video games. They yeah. are. Oh, that's a good point, actually. Yeah. That's a good distillation of what they Fortnite is. is. That's what they is. Well, that's it. That's it. That was our Trailer Park Bash. That's all the trailers, man. Cool. It's all bashed. Bash the Stampede. <laughs> well, damn. A lot, of, a lot of announcements, and this is going to probably be the standard for, like, the next few weeks. Like, we had a dry season of news, and now it's going to be fucking, it's going to be fucking... Just fucking news, dude. Downpour of shit. So get stoked, gamers. Uh, we'll try, we'll try and pump this stuff out as we can and keep you This afloat. show's not for gamers. I just want to make that clear. <laughs> this show is not intended for gamers. I don't want gamers to listen to this. We want reasonable people listening to this podcast. Yeah. Okay? All right, cool. Who, who would you define as a umbrella of reasonable people? Um, people that don't think it's a statement to have a woman in a video game, uh, people that don't refer to games media as them game journos. Yeah. Um, and people that don't bark. That's it. No barkers, no doxers. No barkers, no doxers. Cool. All right. Well, that's Kevin's official statement. Well, thank you guys for listening. Um, if you didn't know, you can find us over at Twitter as well at save room show. When do you think this game is going to come out, gamers? Tweet us. Let us know. Do you think it's 2021, 2022? Do you think it fucking... Once gets... again, you solicited gamers. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I use it very loosely. <laughs> like, like a, it's it. a liberal word. <coughs> <coughs> yeah. Otherwise, thanks for listening, guys. And then, yeah, that, that's all I got. Appreciate all of you. Love you. Have a wonderful night. And remember to save your game. And don't forget... Get vaccinated, gamers. Yeah, get no, not the game. The, oh fuck, sorry. We I can, want them to die. Sorry, sorry. I'm just—it's so rooted in me. <laughs> You're right. Fuck the gamers. <laughs>